Yes, people, we are back again with another episode of Beer, Rap and Babies, as yeah, my guest called it earlier. <laughs> it, it is your boy, Cal Sirius, the Foreign Minister of Beer, Rap and Banter, and um, I'm alongside another presenter that you've seen on our podcast before, man like Ryan from the Don't Be A Dick podcast. What are you saying, Ryan? Hi, everyone. Um, hope you're doing well during these, these crazy times. And taking care of yourself. I'm sure they are. Um, and how are you doing, as I'm sure our listeners would like to know? How am I doing? Yeah. I'm sweating because I've been on the phone for like 20 minutes and my underwear was too tight. If I'd turned off the fan, it would have been too loud. And I'm just ready to get started and talk about the things. It's a hot day. I'm I'm literally standing here stark naked. Well, not stark naked, but in my I underwear think you are. as well. Um, what do you mean you think you are? Because the, the commentary was you just taking off your pants and I didn't hear any commentary about any going back on. So I think that's... <laughs> I well, think you you are. Well, I've, def- I've definitely got some underwear on. And, um, and that brings us to another guest that we've got on the podcast with us today. It is a long time, another old school friend of mine, Debbie. How are you doing today, Debbie? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. That is lovely. And you're also a bit sweaty and hot and sweaty right now, aren't you? Well, I'm by the paddling pool, so I'm surviving. I'm all right. That's all right. I don't wear so much, but I've got clothes on. I'm in public. (laughs) (laughs) This is dope, though, man. This is like all day ones. Everybody's from the borough. Did you know they called our borough the borough of culture? We won some kind of award. Yes. Do you know what? That is such a given because the talent that we have got is just like, I, I, I said to my she wanted to start a magazine and I said, look at the people you know in your life and how many people you can automatically just like access for like success and talent just out of like your phone book. I don't know if it's the same way for people from other areas. I'm not that's saying it's not. Point. I'm saying I don't No, know. that's an interesting point. There's a lot of creatives and I don't know if you know or not, but I've got a magazine called Tech Cop UK. So maybe we need to talk after the pod and, you know, uh, talk to your friend that wants to do the magazine, swap ideas, you know, maybe we can help each well, other out. I'll tell you who the friend is, Andrea Graham. Do you remember that one? Andrea? Yes. Wow. Exactly. How is she doing? She's now doing um, an English degree. Um, so I don't, I haven't even heard from her too much because she's got her head down. She's specifically focusing on black literature. Um but she, yeah, she was talking about doing a magazine um, for black people, you know, like just, and this is like years ago, yeah. So she's not doing it because she's now doing other things. But I said to her, don't lose that thought because, you know, it's like the, the, everything's already facilitated in front of you from your connections alone. You don't even need to work so much to reach out to people. They're just there. You know them. You know, it's a small world as well. And um, yeah. as we've just demonstrated, definitely link me up with Andrea. I'm sure uh, I can try and inspire her and we can inspire each other and maybe we can collaborate on something. She might not even have the time to do her own thing, but maybe we can collaborate and we can do something together. Who knows? Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, let's get a little bit of info from your background there, Debbie, because Ryan, I think the listeners know a bit about because he's been on our podcast before. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I think they know you as a, a, a DJ and a producer and a presenter. Um, but Debbie's going to be a bit mysterious to them. So uh, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Debbie? Like if you had to, I don't know, if you was going to do uh, like a, you know, a bit of speed dating and you had to tell someone about yourself in really short amount of time, what would you say? <laughs> um, 
First of all, three minutes is never enough time for me. I cannot contain myself in three minutes, but I've got four kids. I'm a counsellor. I'm from Leighton Stone. Um, I have strong opinions, but I like everyone to have access in the world to be who they are and express themselves. But, you know, there's things in like current day that I find a bit challenging, you know, but I'm always open to be better informed if, you know, I don't want to be ignorant. That's right. It's a good way to be. No, I'm yeah. not ignorant. Not ignorant when informed. That's a pretty nice summary, you know. Um, four kids, you say? Do you, well, do you know, um, I hope you can hear me okay. I'm reached out to some old family people and she said there's a single mum of four children. True or not true, I don't identify with that. There's things that we may be that don't hold as identity. I'm a mum, I'm a counsellor, and I'm me. That's my identity. That's me. It's a strong identity. I think everybody that knows you will know you as an absolutely just all-round great person. Um, it's very and, uh, nice. Honoured to have you on the podcast today. I'm looking forward to getting your opinions. Um yes. Because you, you don't think conventionally, like, I suppose, like, how your average woman would think. You're definitely Apparently. not of that average kind of mentality. Apparently. So I hear, yeah. Mm. So I hear. So I, know, I know what I believe, but I, I, I always like to, um, you know, if something doesn't sit with me, I like to look more into it so I can work out if it's, like, just a personal trigger or if I really have some value to reservations to a thing, you know. Mm. Um, can, I, can I ask how old your kids are? 16, 10, 4, 9 months. Wow. That's a yeah. that's a whole range right there. Yeah. Um, so Ryan... I, I'll tell you, uh, sorry, but quarantine for me was not lonely. Yeah. Ooh. Didn't even know it was happening, to be fair. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so was it just like a regular kind of, you know, just chilling with the kids kind of kind of time? Yeah, yeah, always. If it's not work, then yeah. Yeah, that's me. Do you what? Do you usually work from home being a counsellor anyway? I only started last week. I went back last week. Um, no, that wasn't how we were doing it before, but a million percent, it works for my personal circumstances. I'm definitely going to say to them, like, I want to be doing this long term. Like, not counselling, I do assessments currently, yeah? So I, I do the assessments prior to them being assigned to their counsellors. But I'm oh. also, um, interestingly... Um, qualified to council sex offenders mm. another one of me like throwing out of the everyone else's like mainstream yeah that is that that is that can open up so much i'm not exactly. sure how much time we're going to have on the podcast to talk about some of those kinds of issues there yeah no um, no no there's 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 so much uh debate in my context it's just you know yeah we haven't got time for it all one thing I did want to ask you, though, um, being that you're someone uh, that I've known from back in the day and that it's so great catching up with you, I had this thought. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you would remember this, too. So it's, it's important, like, because you know how, like, when you have a memory of something back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, over time, that can maybe be distorted. Maybe you forget certain things. So it's good to talk to people to see what their memories are. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. All right. So I remember having a birthday party back in the day. I remember that. You remember that? You remember coming to my party? I remember the house. I don't remember being inside. <laughs> but I'm assuming that I 
was there to go inside. And I'm sure, I'm assuming it was that great. That's probably why I can't remember the rest. But carry <laughs> on. Maybe, maybe you'll bring a memory back. I was just going to ask, like, what your opinion was or what your memory was of that night. Because that, for me, that was like, you know what I mean? That was one of my best memories when I look back. I think, I, do you know what? I feel so because I know when I'm driving past that way, I've always had that, like, kind of that, that great night over there. What happened? No idea. It was just a party, you know. Uh, I think you came with Andrea and Artemis. That would make the most sense, yeah. Out to both of them. And it was just, yeah, it was just like, I was, I was thinking for other people, it would just be like a nothing kind of whatever memory from, from their childhood. But for me, no, it, it, it must have, it must have been great. I'm, I'm assuming I probably drank too much. <laughs> hey, we had a lot of fun. There was a DJ, we had MCs. Um, yeah, it was a good old time. It was ram out. Loads of people turned up. And what, what birthday was it? What, what birthday were you celebrating? This is why I wanted to ask you to see how you remember, because the way I remember it, it was like my 13th birthday or something yeah, like that. It, it wouldn't have been more than 14, 15. Oh. It was something like that. It was 13, 14, 15, something like that. Proper and it was one of the ones where the parents went in, so we just made a whole heap of noise. Lovely. And the police ended up getting called, and, and they come down and shut it down. <laughs> Can I just clarify that we're not too old to do that again? Okay, so if there's a turn up, you're saying you're you're definitely up for that. Definitely yeah? there, and you know I'm a fan of a pool, even if it's a paddling pool. Hey. Like, I'm not bougie, yeah. <laughs> it could be a piece of plastic from uh, from Audi. I don't mind. I'm, I'm glad you clarified that because there's that there's a photo that I tagged you in on Insta from a party from. Um, oh, YouTube. I saw that. And yeah, that, somebody that's might what think. Got me into conversation with Jamma because I wasn't sure who I was talking to because he commented off the back of it. Yeah. Yeah, because cause some people might see something like that and think, oh, you know what, these lot are bougie, like everyone's all dressed up and well turned out and in some big nightclub up London and whatever. And it wasn't really that, was it? It's just like, you know, everyone... It can be that, but then it's never that. Like, I've re really been, like, sitting with me recently, like, I feel I'm too blessed to be bougie because bougie to me is pretentious, it's egotistical, it's narcissistic. Like, I love the song, banging tune, but if you bougie to me is acting a certain way to make other people feel inferior and that's not my mm. thing i'm not there like it doesn't I, maybe I, could, I like to think that i can look the part but i'm not there to be the part sorry so looking bad and bougie but not actually being bougie exactly <laughs> anti-bougie actually what's your, what's your thoughts on that right because as a dj you spent a lot of time playing out in clubs like do you kind of have you played in a lot of like bougie kind of establishments or felt that i don't know the crowd were a little bit pretentious at times yeah of course several yeah and it used to make me feel some type of way Any oh, particular... making it quite boring boring uh, no i'm saying you no, i'm saying you can like move into the vip bit often i've been like you know someone's like oh come 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 and I'm like, oh, oh man. no, man, it's not happening here. It's happening over yeah, there. No. VIP, VIP areas are typically dead. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just, yeah, allow it. It's, it's yeah. all about being in the centre of the dance floor. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Where it's actually happening. Part of yeah. everyone trying to look cute, sipping on, you know, some overpriced <laughs> vodka. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do all of that, man. You buy one double in a bar up London and you'll be thinking, right, I could have bought a whole bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't even get me don't don't even get me started because I was I was in um cargo in Shoreditch once and I it's back when I used to lose my mind. I bought a bottle of Grey Goose for two hundred and fifty pounds. Um and they gave it to me 
they so they decanted it. They poured it into a clear jug. When I hear oh, that. I was wow. like, oh my god. Uh, oh my god. No one can even see what you're drinking. Could it, and that's when I was like, it's not for me. <laughs> it's, it's not for me. I know it's thirty pound, and as I'll just pay two fifty for it. I'm just. Before everyone and... else knows, it could just be like tap water in that. Bro, drink. it could have been lemonade. <laughs> could have been flat lemonade. I was. It, it rattled me. Like yeah, bougie, bougie me. You guys know that like the whole experience that for women is a different thing. We can go and hit up like the the dirty cheap vodka at home, and then come out, and then you know. It's not, we don't have to put on all of that. You know, people, obviously guys are expected to be buying the drinks, holding up the tables. I've, I've sat tables and gone to the bar and got my drinks out of principle because, you know, unless I'm with my actual people, like, it's, it's, it's there's different expectations. So we get mm. an easier ride. We get a cheaper ride. I know I've never been pushed to buy a bottle of uh, anything. Culturally, I think you're 100% right there because mm-hmm. guys are going to be like, yo, let's go and get a table. And so the man will, you know, slap down £500 for the table mm-hmm. and then man will be buying their bottles whether they want to chip in and, and do it like that. Or and you, know, and you do see sometimes, you see some people and you think, well, you're going way too hard because you ain't really got the peas to be buying yeah. bottles each. You're all chipping in and spreading the cost out. And it's like, really like, is it really worth it? Like trying to stunt so hard to the point where you don't even have the money to stunt and he's killing you to do it? Well, you know what the problem is, is that that's to draw the attention. And I've had this conversation with guys and they're so pissed because they're like, girls expect this, that and the other and to be wined and dined. And I'm like, but you drew her onto a table with like all this extravagance. You sold that dream. And now you're upset when she's trying to cash in on it. Mm-hmm. Like, mate, like, let her buy her own drink and see if she still wants to talk to you. I'm not True. saying that's that. I'm not saying that's the right way to go about it, but I'm saying don't, don't, don't. You know, you throw out the bait, and you catch a fish that you threw the bait to. So come on, man. Trust me. Be oh, real. There you go, there you go. That's that's why I try not to to make a habit of meeting women in in bars and stuff like that, because yeah. you're kind of setting the tone, innit? Is the relationship can yeah. start uh, as you? Well, it's going to carry on as you started it. I even forgot how to say the phrase. Start as you mean to go on. That kind of yeah, thing. yeah. That's the one. That's it. Yeah. You know, no, but I've said the same conversations with my girlfriends that have, like, dressed up in lingerie to, like, you know, home cook and stuff. And then a few months down the line, the guy's like, you know, have you cooked anything? They're like, well, I ain't going to expect me to cook for. And I'm like, she was doing it in your thong, like, mm-hmm. not that long ago, babe. Like, now that, like, he's kind of definitely here, like. <laughs> uh, process it, people, please. So what, so what would be, like, I don't know, if you don't want the type of girl... That is going to expect you to wine and dine her uh, and pay for everything. That the kind of girl that that you would meet if you bought a table in a in a, in a club and then started buying her drinks. Yeah. So how would you meet? Like, where would you go would go to meet uh, a woman that isn't really like that? Yeah. You can meet them in the clubs and bars. They're out. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Just not in the VIP section. No, no clubs and bars are like that. You can go to, I, I know a bag of places you can go take yourself and just sit down and have a conversation with randoms. And it just, it's, it's not pretentious. There's no uh, kind of push to buy drinks for someone. It's, it's just a chilled environment. This idea that only a certain type of person chills in a certain type of space is, is wild. 
I've got many friends who have met their their long term partners in clubs and bars, and it's just they had a you know a notion that this is what they're going to get, and they find something completely different. Someone who just happened to be out for their friend's birthday, and it's like oh no, I'm just out on a random one. It's not an unusual scene. You have a, a genuine connection. It happened anywhere, really. Oh no, you're right. You're right there. Yeah, there I don't is... think it's the wrong place to meet people. It's just how you conduct yourself in that space. Like if you're on a tape, sometimes mm. that's cost effective. But if girls like hanging around and battering their eyelashes, you can say, look, like, come chill with me. But, like, this is not, like, my scene. It's not what I'm about. Like, I'm just here with the boys having a nice time. Like, yeah. but, you know, like, what process the person. Like, we all go out. Yeah, I go out. I love going out. I don't want to be put in that box. I'm not bougie. <laughs> I love a bougie bar, though. I love being myself in a bougie bar. I love being like fully, exactly. just uh, your space. Your space doesn't exactly. Your space does not define me. I will define myself just within that full blown woven forest hood yes. mentality. Yes, boss, <laughs> can you move out the way, please? But you That's know, it. people love that as well. Like you're setting the standards. You're <clears throat> you're allowing other people to like just drop this nonsense. Like you know, just just be yourself, man. It's all right. Don't and be you know what? That's what I found. I found that when I was um, when I was DJing really bougie spaces, um, I used to go. I used to dress up and wear a shirt and trousers and even shoes. I hate wearing that stuff. I hate it. But when I said, you know, what, I've had enough, and I started going in normal, you know, jeans, a hat, uh, a t-shirt. Suddenly, I was just surrounded by people. People. I, I don't know why but people are mm-hmm. more drawn towards me. They just got. But more, maybe she felt more comfortable. more comfortable in yourself. Yeah. yeah. But if I run for Prime Minister, don't vote for me because I would make suits law. No. Excuse me? <laughs> Come on, Debbie. Uh, what are you doing? Look. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, on a day like this, 27 no, degrees, everyone's no, no, sweating no, out I, their suits. I'll, I'll give Three piece. It'd be certain, 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 like, you know, like, nine to five of a weekday, but whether or not you've got a job, sorry, that's not really relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Within no, it's cool. That's your opinion. Weather. Within reasonable English weather, because this is not our standards. This is not our life, is it? It's a blessing what's here, but okay. But but what you're saying is you you uh, really like the smart attire, and you would prefer like even if someone's not necessarily going to work, that they just dress smart anyway. I just like this. Uh, this, uh, this is so uh, uh, what's that? superficial. This is complete superficial. But I like nice presentation I don't like that they took out page three I feel that they should have just added page two so we could have had both <laughs> you know that to me is equal opportunities like you know and, and I'm joking because I know it's not fair but it's so nice to see <laughs> men in suits and I don't even mean like in a that kind of way but just I hold myself better when I dress nice you know so if I'm working Facts. from home I will dress a certain way and when I worked you know, I was working over at the housing estates in Wolfen Forest for the job centre. I could have dressed how I wanted, but I carried myself better and I communicated better. And I thought it's good representation for the people I was working with. It's just a personal value. Like, you know, I'm not saying I don't wear, too, wear my pyjamas too much. I really do. But it's just, it's a, it's a thing I like. I wouldn't really inflict it on people, but I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see exactly where you're coming from. I mean, you guys will know back in the day, like, I used to like a bit of a mess. Really? And you don't remember? 
I had my moments. I had my moments. The way it depends. You know, like if you're just going to the shops and you're just like, you know, what I mean? you might just be dressing a little bit slack. Yeah, I think we all do that, right? Um, but yeah, I kind of had a period where like it was whatever. I was dressing like that all the time, unless I'm actually going out. But when do you feel good? That's... And this is the thing. This is what I was about to say because I, mm. I kind of got to a point where I realised I was actually feeling like shit as well. Exactly. Um, and yeah. you know, and then I started to feel this whole look good, feel good kind of energy when I started yeah. dressing up and dressing up. And then eventually, I adopted the mentality of always look good, man. And you, if you're always looking good, then you're always feeling good. Yeah, yeah. But Sometimes for me, I, I feel like overdressed. I feel like I can look good in a tracksuit or, or or a hoodie <laughs> with, a, with a fit hat on or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel like I need to wear a suit, me personally. Yeah, no, it's you're right, you're right. I'm I'm, I'm half playing, only half playing. <laughs> <laughs> just check my agenda if I do ever run for prime minister. Just check it, the small print, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I slightly sneak it in there. Um, what were you saying, Ryan? Are you more of a, a smart, cash kind of man these days, or fully business smart, or um, are you actually, going like streetwear and and trackies and that? Uh, the first time I actually owned no bought jogging bottoms was about two months ago. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, when I was younger, I used to get flipping hand me downs. I used to get things from my my brother, being um. From Adidas because he was sponsored by Adidas, so I used to get all these free garments, and I, I, I didn't care. And I, but there was a time when I was maybe 17, 18, that I was wearing jogging bottoms out. I was getting stopped by police all the time for no reason, just you know, regular uh, black boy London stuff. Um, uh, the, the moment I stopped wearing tracksuit bottoms, the moment I stopped getting harassed by police, I was like, oh, that, that's not right, though, is it? That's not reason enough. You should have to adapt. No, of course not. 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 But then I also, you know, got a job and I couldn't wear a tracksuit to work. So it was like all at the same time, all these things said no more jogging bottoms. And I haven't worn jogging bottoms since. But in the last, well, since the beginning of lockdown, I invested in some jogging bottoms and now I live in them. I live in them. And it's great. What happens inside though when you come out, when we're all back out? It's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix of jeans and jogging bottoms. Um, But I... Yeah, I, I I used to live in clothes ready for club. So I, I used to go out smart casual all the time. I could go to any bar on, on like after work. Okay, let's go. I'm I'm ready. I would have to go home and change. I would always have you know clothes on sense. after getting to a bar. Yeah. See, I was the opposite. I always had some one tens on, and then you know you'd be out with a man and and I'd be the one where the bouncer says, "Sorry, mate, no trainers." And you know, ah. everyone's going into the club, and I'm like, "I'll go out." Especially with an air bubble, you're risking it all, man. <laughs> I, but I don't know, man. It was like I, I always liked dressing casual, so for me, going out was a huge effort because you know I got my tracksuit on, I got my jogging bottoms, I got my trainers on, my t-shirt, and I'm nice. And um, and if I have to like put on some jeans or put on a shirt, it was an effort. Um, mm. and it's just funny how things change because now it's like I'm always wearing. Uh, jeans and a shirt and um, yeah and it's it's just uh, it just actually feels comfortable it feels comfortable doing it that way I don't think I could go back to jogging bottoms mm. anymore man. I actually avoided Shoreditch for like years because somebody said to me like you know you can't go there in Hillsdale and I'm like <laughs> no I don't do what you, you're supposed to do like yeah. I wear heels because I like wearing heels so if that's like a thing you know, I just think everyone should, within reason, you know, you have to have some self 
pride in how you present yourself within reason, but everyone should just come as they are. I like to overdress. That's what I like to do. I don't care. <laughs> I'll go to the park and overdress and I'll feel good for it. So you got like an evening gown on when you're like shopping in Tesla. Yes, sir. <laughs> I literally said to one of the girls, like, you know, those like bridal dresses in the secondhand shop. I'm like, hmm, fun of it. But because she knows me, she's like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Why not, though, man? I mean... It's just have fun, man. Just enjoy it. Just, yeah. Straight. Be free, man. What, what, is, what, 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 what do your kids think of that? you got an, an eldest, which is, what, 16? Yeah, that's a good reflection because the the whole thing with like the casual clothes, I've got no idea, and that is her through and through. She's but not like not sloppy. She has two kit. Is that what they what is that what they say now? I don't know. She has some terminology every morning. <laughs> someone's on the phone, like running through her, like she's coordinated and sharp. But in tracksuit, trainers, t-shirt, bandana, like the whole lot. But mm. it's it's sharp and crispy. And then my boy is more like me. He's very, like, well-presented. He likes to be smart, like, you know, he put trousers and a shirt on because that's what he likes. And then the, the little one is <laughs> chaotic, man. He's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's running about in, like, as a policeman or Batman or <laughs> feels, doctor, whatever. Just let him do it. It's fine. You know, so whatever, how you feel, like. Why is it, I hate boxes. I hate the world and the, the like social norms and constraints. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Says me who wants everyone to wear these suits. <laughs> <laughs> hey, your preference is your preference. Against, yeah, I know, but it's my. I know it's my preference. I'm, it's and it goes against my values of letting people just do their thing. No, not really. It's a preference. I think um, it's it's totally cool to have a preference in life. Like we was talking a couple of weeks ago on the pod. And I was saying something like, you know, I wish we lived in a world where, like, everybody was skilled. So I guess that mm. kind of translates to if I was prime minister, mm. I would prefer everybody to, to be skilled. And I was talking about in combat skills, like everybody knows oh, like, martial amazing. arts. And, and I would make it like, you know, a thing where, like, there's a class in school where everybody has to, by the time you finish school, you have to achieve the martial art. Like, whether but it's don't you think that's right? Kung I mean, Fu don't you think or, that, that, or Taekwondo, that... whatever it is. That makes the most sense. It really does. I've been invited to the... Um, what's the... Um, oh, I forget now. I've seen them on Instagram. But I've been invited to learn some calisthenetics. Is that right? Calisthenics? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're coming over to Princey Park twice a week. So bring the kids and get skilled up. That's what they're doing. They are doing it now. That's dope. I mean, I yeah, it's been loads of protests in Brixton, but I forget the oh, I forget what they call themselves. Family, something. Oh, anyway, that's hard work. That kind of sake. That's oh, hard thanks work. For, thanks for the heads up. <laughs> no, that's us. I rate you. Yeah, but they're trying to like bring it for the kids and bring it for everyone, and 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 basically they're like now a community police force. That's what they're doing. Mm. So I don't know if you've seen this movement. I'll try and find it on my Instagram, but they're doing a lot and it's amazing. Yeah, link me if you see if you if you get a link to it. Link definitely link me. I'd like to see that. Um, I think that I see something years ago called Bar Brothers. Um, I don't know if you've seen that thing, Ryan. It sounds like no. a similar kind of thing where guys are just out. I think it was a movement. I think it started like 
in America maybe and then it just spread around the world and then you've got these guys that are just out like you know like using the public kind of like jungle gyms and doing crazy like chin-ups and calisthenic workouts yeah my mate does that my mate does that wow. anywhere you can find anywhere, anywhere you can find a pole or scaffold and he just <laughs> chin-ups muscle-ups uh, flagpoles all kinds of stuff cheaper than the gym yeah, yeah, I think that these people are doing it for free. Like, but you're right. That should that should 100 percent should be on the curriculum. Like, everyone needs to be skilled. But then people should be actually skilled, like work skilled. And the government don't really put the resources in for that either. So there you go. Sounds like you're asking for national service, like in the oh. Korea, South Korea, for example. I think at 20, well, by the time you're 21, you have to have served a certain amount of time in the army, something like that. And um, Greek. You know what? And I, I, Israel I as well. Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not opposed to that kind of thing. I did but think about joining war? the army because uh, you know, like, um, we had the army moment. barracks at the end of my road, didn't we? And um, mm-hmm. so yeah. I always grew up feeling like that was an option. Like, if I wanted to walk down the end of the road and just sign up with the cadets, I could do that. You know, um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to us having national service over here. It just depends how it works out. You know, with the details in that, like, obviously, right. if you're going to get drafted in for, like, five years or something, that's a bit crazy. But if it's, like, you've got to do your service for, like, six months or, you know, a year. I think if the national service, obviously, I've got a son in it. If there's national service, you're paying more attention to who's sending your son where or your daughter where. Like, you probably take more interest in the in the voting process. You're like, you can't right, who... it's anywhere. Sorry. <laughs> this, is, this is it. You have to... Pay real attention to your leaders to make sure they're not going to get you in a scuffle. You're more likely to vote for Corbyn over whoever the prime minister is now. I, I sent him a, a marriage proposal, but he ignored me. Damn. I know. Hard times, man. Hard times. No acknowledgement, nothing. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's married. I don't know. Is he married? Yeah, he's, 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 no idea. he's got a lot of chicks on the go. You know, he just he just gets offers left, right, and centre. Allegedly, oh, allegedly, oh. allegedly, don't don't get into no trouble with you. <laughs> it's Bants Shout obviously Jamie people Corbyn. know this podcast we've got Bants in the name um, but uh, yeah we, we've got a little bit political just now uh, something else that's political that's happened recently was to do with Donald Trump and um, Ryan I know this is something that you found quite interesting recently Donald Trump doing an interview with Axios yeah Donald Trump is still out here talking um, at this point, I'm kind of numb to him, man, and that's dangerous. So it's a real—he's he's a real negative energy, and to, to be to be numb to him is almost to like ignore him. So like, oh, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Or it's like oh, yourself. yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same way, but you kind of have to be aware of what you're doing and the policies that he's, he's starting, how it's going to affect you, because. The way he's moving is mad. Uh, he, in, during this interview, he was... He, he just looked like an absolute mess. Like, this is the leader of, a, of the free world. He looks like an absolute mess, clamouring over paper, clamouring through paperwork, trying to find out, you know, trying to find facts and figures. And I've never seen a president look so discombobulated. Just really... I was like, this guy is about to... Is about potentially, and very likely, he's about to win again. Oh, and have four my God. more years of oh. of this, but, then but why it's, it's, is that? Why? It's because people. I believe people are just are bored of politicians, 
and especially in America where there's a two-party system and you haven't really got much of a choice. Like yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's up against Joe Biden and Joe Biden doesn't necessarily inspire any confidence. It's just he's not Trump, so we're going to vote for him. So they're kind of in between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, 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 this is the best that the, the Democrats could throw up, Joe Biden. And he, he's kind of getting some votes because uh, he's um, Obama's boy. But, so, yeah. I'll, I'll let's just clarify right then that this is the insane levels of how much I don't pay attention. Every time I saw his name come up, I thought it was the rapper. <laughs> oh, Joe, Joe Biden. Um, Joe well, Biden. Yeah, hey. Kanye West was like in the run-ins. I mean, like, like the fact that, that, that I can't pay any mind because the fact that he was even, that he's there, was ever thought to be there, it's just insane. It's just, it's like some stupid TV program I haven't got the time or energy for. That's... How no, I feel. I know well, this is it. It's too much of a joke for me to even think about. Me and you two sitting down at a table would walk away from him. We'd be like, nah, so bruv. Like the, there's no thought process. We can't conversate. No, this is it. The, the, the Trump interview that, that Kyle mentioned, it, and the, the whole process in general, it looked like a, just a TV show. It, it looks like a reality TV show. You've got, you got Kanye West saying he's running for president. You've got people literally and genuinely confusing Joe Biden with Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you've got this guy, Donald Trump is talking about ratings. It's like, what, what are you talking about, man? It, it really should just be, I'm a celeb at yeah. this point. Just, just, give these, just give them Bush Tucker trials and just, just be done with it. It's, it is a bit nuts, especially, you know, when you look at when you look at the fact that Donald Trump has literally come from being a reality TV show star and businessman who has had known sort of cro- crooked past in business as well. It's not like he's an honorable <laughs> businessman. He's shafted so many people and he's done so many human. dodgy business deals. You know what I mean? And he can become president and then you end up with Kanye West thinking, well, if he can become president, then I can become president. You know, I think um, it's well known that Kim Kardashian, Kanye's wife, has actually been going to the White House and been lobbying and making things happen. And it just seems that because of the current president being like a celebrity, he seems to have an ear open to other celebrities. So it's more like he's more likely to take the word of one of his colleagues, one of his people, than the word of a scientist or Mm -hmm. like a government official. Like, because Trump's got this thing where he says it's fake news. Like somebody can go and do some research and publish something and it's like, it's all done in a scientific way. Like, this is the truth. And he would just say, it's fake news. And millions of Americans are following this guy. And that, that was one of the interesting things I saw in that interview. This guy saying, look, man, us people that are reporters, us people that are scientists, we're coming to you with investigating journalism work. And you're saying it's fake news. So people aren't going to believe us. They're going to believe you. You're the president. But why haven't they got the thought oh. process to... to, to... <laughs> This guy is insane. Like, I can't believe any one human would take him seriously, let alone a whole nation. Uh, that country to me is insane. That country to me just doesn't even exist. Like, I mean, yeah, it does in the sense of, like, the people that are actually suffering for the craziness of it. But, ugh, the, oh, it's just, like, they, wow. they, Yeah, it really is moving mad out there. And um, he's not helping. But when is it not? When is it not? No, but see, but here's the thing. There's, it, 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 it has always been mad. Even Obama was mad, and Obama done some mad things, and he 
didn't really help a lot. Obama, Obama's time in as a president is is is, is a bit of a mess. But if he took took to a podium and had to address the nation about a pandemic, yeah, or about or about you know uh, systemic racism or anything like that, he would calm the situation. He wouldn't be yeah. reposting on Twitter stupid propaganda from a, a fake website. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't do that. No, of course not. Uh, Trump is not a calming presence at all. If anything, he's increasing the divide for his own personal gain because he knows yeah. that if he, if his supporters are on his side 100%, he'll win. All he has to do is make sure his core are down and he can't be cancelled. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy because, you know, he did have that that sexual harassment uh <laughs> Oh, and... I don't care about no sexual harassment. Mm, Come not on, to mention his affiliation with the Ku Klux Klan. Epstein. Like kind of that, yeah, the affiliation yeah, with David Epstein Duke. as well. Everything about him is... And, and like, again, I know nothing about politics and people say the craziest things about Obama, but I was absolutely buzzing when he won. Like I didn't even think it was... I didn't contemplate it could happen when it did. I thought that in itself, if, whether he's good or not good or whatever, um, but now because we've gone from there to Trump, it's lost all point of, well, clearly nothing, there's no progress, nothing. You know what I think the yeah. best thing Obama has done um, was, under his, I think it was under his administration when they made the body camera footage um, come to light. They, I think they passed some kind of a legislation that said all okay. police officers must now wear a body camera. Yes. And it was because of the Obama administration that we now started to That's see all of these videos with all of the police brutality coming out. Um, right, so he can't be like people. He can't be shady like people imply if that if that he put that in place. Um, it's a shame they turned them off. You yeah. know, well, they should be serious. Whatever something mm. happens. But we've yeah, still yeah, seen exactly. a lot, though. We've still seen a lot. We've seen so much, like the, from the dash cams and the body cams that the dash cams in the cars and the body cam directly on the uniforms. We've seen so much already. We, we, I think nobody could really dispute that there's something really, really, really wrong, like in the in the collective mentality of these authorities in that country, because yeah. it's been. Years like since the Obama administration, that we've been seeing these videos coming out. Yeah, maybe we don't see everything, um, but we've seen enough, you know, on a consistent yeah. basis to know that the, 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 the cops out there they're walking around like they're above the law and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, but the law's showing them that the law is like solidifying that that they're above the law because they've been getting away with it. That's the yeah. point. It's um, qualitative immunity. When um, you, if you're a police officer and you do something for some madness, you can't get in trouble if you haven't if you got away with it the first time. So okay, if so, if a if a police officer was stamping your foot and you were to charge them um, and they didn't get in trouble, that's fine. If they did it again and they didn't get in trouble the first time, they can't get in trouble for it again. Oh, is wow. that a yeah. that's what that's it. No, this 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 is a real thing. I think it's called oh. qualitative immunity, where you, if you got away with it before, you can't be charged for it going forward. Um, what part of that makes sense? Uh, it's, uh, have a look. Have a look at police unions as well. Police right. union. Police wow. union. Police unions are a mess out there. They have a lot of power, um, and they get police off all the time. 
And if you get fired, you just, you just go to another precinct. It's not like, okay, so you're not, you, you can no longer be a policeman anymore. It's like, you can no longer be a policeman in this area. You can go somewhere else, but just not here. So it, the whole thing is it's a mess. It's a mess. Exactly. Exactly. There needs to be a lot of changes, yeah. Legislation, changes in government. And, and I think in America, the politics and the police are, are intrinsically linked. I, I listened to a, a radio show where there was a caller who was like a, a district attorney that called up. And they, mm-hmm. were, they were going deep into how systemically this thing is. It's like the politics and the police, the, the police commissioners and the police chiefs, they're, they're like in bed with the mayor. And, you know if the mayor is, has got a certain opinion and wants things to be a certain way, then it's just, it's just going to be so difficult to be able to change things because of the way that the relationship is with the police and with the, uh, the politics. They kind of go hand in hand. 100%. And say if there is a police officer that, say, knows about dirty cops or something, it's going to be really hard for them to come and bring forth information because they're all looking after their own. They're not going to want that information to come to the light. And it's just, it's just going to be political. It's going to be literally political. Um, you have to think about it like this. If you're the mayor of a town and people that were, you want to be a congressman and people are donating to your cause, the people who run the prisons will donate to your cause. Okay, we're, we're going to give you a certain amount of money and you know, keep us sweet, for example. All right, so we need to fill the prisons. Prisons are a business. Yeah. So it, it, it doesn't yeah. benefit. It doesn't benefit you to stop arresting people. It doesn't benefit you. They want. They want to build bigger prisons, and this is why the, I think the call for defund, defund the police came from, because they're putting money into the police. So they're giving them tanks. They're giving them military equipment. Giving them guns. Giving them all this Call of Duty bullshit, um, and building bigger, bigger prisons. It's kind of like you're dealing with the issue once it becomes an issue, rather than putting that money into the community and trying to get people. To, to focus on the, the right things, mm. you're kind of investing in their downfall. So the people that run the, if you want to call them correctional facilities, with air quotes, line their pockets. Yeah, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole system. Saying they're spending money in the wrong way. They're spending money to, um, like, almost to... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're spending money to... Uh, try and resolve the issue, whereas they could have spent money to try and prevent the issue, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. They're not looking at preventative measures. They're just looking at how we can solve it. It makes money. Um, And it's not even going to solve the problem because the problem will continue, right? The problem will be continuing on uh, because it kind of, it all comes back to like systemic racism and oppression. That's the point. They don't care about the problem. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard enough. No, go on. Is the opposition. Mm. It, it is it. absolutely deep. I mean, I'm sure we've all heard of George Floyd by now um, and what happened there. I think what was interesting is I saw recently that his wife has actually left him. Uh, so, sorry, the police officer that sort of put, had his foot on the neck of George Floyd, his oh. wife has actually left him. So, but left him why? Because now, like, I mean, I was Hello? Sorry, Debbie, you're breaking up a bit. You know, though, can you hear me okay? Yep, yep, Richard. 
I'm saying she was married here. She knows his values, his ethics. I would 100%. really put money on it that they came from the same. Now he's a social outcast. So it's, it's, it's a social status thing. Like it's not going to be in her benefit to stay with him. The fact, if anyone was married to this man, any guy sat with this man, I would question what they're about. 100%. Like you, 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 you're not just leaving him now because, you know. Yeah. She, you got the food you ordered. You know exactly yes. who he is. Exactly. Yeah. And not not just what I'm saying is you have to be what he is to have been there in the first place. A hundred percent. Wow. That's a hundred percent. Could it not be that, you know, maybe he shows one face to her and then a completely different face when, when he's out and about and, you know, in the streets? You, you, you tell us. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I possible, it's possible that, like, it could be a thing where she, you know, say, like, when a, when a man's with his wife and when he's with his kids, he could be quite nurturing and quite tender, can't he? Right. Um, and then he could be a, just a bad man out in the street. So if you're a but, bad man with a badge mm. out there bullying people and um, putting your foot on people's neck, you know, right, but that could you not a, still come a, home a and rage. kiss your daughter on the cheek and, and, and tuck your kids into bits and sing them yeah. out in that story? But... I, I, I don't see it on the level of the degree of his violence. I see it on the incentive of his violence was racially motivated. And you can't tell me his wife didn't know that he was clearly like racist to the extent where he had to kill a man and think that's okay. Boy, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking... This isn't his first case. This isn't his first case. He's had many complaints over the years. This isn't an isolated incident. It's just the one that went further than the others. Right. Well, he, he has many complaints over the years. Especially yeah. now. Now that everyone yeah. else knows what he's about. Yeah, well, he I was, was thinking there might be a shift in the consciousness there, at least. Like, because I've never, because we, we've heard of so many police brutality cases, but me personally, I've never heard of someone getting arrested, someone going to jail, like a police officer getting arrested and going to jail. Because, like Ryan says, usually they, they can get fired and then they can just go and apply for a job somewhere else. But this this got to the point where the man's wife left him and everything. Um, but no, and so there's, I'm wondering there's, if there's, there's been cases. 100% there's been cases. Um, a few people have gone to jail. the whole world to react, the whole world to react for that to be the outcome. And I, I, don't like, think, I, I still don't think it's going to go the way everyone thinks it's going to go. In what sense? I don't think they can prove it's racially motivated. So the hate crime, hate crime goes up. Everyone was saying, right, it's first degree murder. Because people, mm. I think people are just in their feelings. It's first degree. It's not first degree. I don't think he woke up and said, "I'm going to kill George Floyd." I don't, I don't think he's that premeditated. I think that he just went too far. If if that drops from first degree down to second degree, is what they charged him with, and he can wiggle his way out of that, which is again quite likely. There's a chance that he might be in jail for three or four years. Damn. Three or four years, mate. He might get maybe longer, but they might be out on you know because of COVID, or might be out because of um, good behaviour, or you know any sort of. You know, this happened before. We've seen people who have killed people in worse ways be out of jail in two years, or may, not even be convicted in some cases. At this point, the system doesn't care. The system wouldn't would have turned a blind eye if the whole world had turned a blind eye. Yeah. It's just the back of the attention that is gained. It's not because they've suddenly that the system's got conscious. It hasn't got conscious. The system's racist. And he was carrying out what they advocate. If yeah, if um, I mean, I hope they throw the book at him. 
But I don't think the book they throw at him will be the one that we want thrown at him. Maybe not. Um, I think we've also seen with the Breonna Taylor situation, uh, a lot of those police officers haven't even been charged. Um, and uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of what's happened with Breonna Taylor there, Debbie, but this is literally a, wo- a woman who worked for the emergency services. I guess over here that would be like working for the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe in a dispatch centre or wherever it is. Um, and she's just in her house sleeping and, you yeah. know, a warrant has been signed for her arrest and people, the police have kicked in the door and, you know, they've just kicked open the door to her bedroom and shot her, like, mm-hmm. murdered her. Like, and it was no, a there's, more to it. there's more to it. There's more okay, to it. Let's go, it. let's go, let's go. There's more to it. There's more to it. All right, so, um, she, her, 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 there was a suspicion that there was a meeting point for drug dealers operating in the area. Okay. Um, the police had a warrant, but it was a no-knock, no... Uh, no knock warrant. No knock. So I think that they didn't have to announce themselves. They could just go yeah. in. Yeah. So her boyfriend, who was in the house at the time, mm-hmm. someone's burst through the door, not announcing themselves. Obviously, it's America. He has yeah. a gun. Yeah. He lets off shots. They mm-hmm. let off shots. She's been killed. Now, I've heard multiple stories. I'm just like, how have they burst in the house and the boyfriend not been killed then I'm hearing stories that she's been shot eight times when she's in her bed. Mm. I, it, the whole thing's it, it's, it's an absolute mess. It's an mm-hmm. absolute mess. And it was a case of mistaken identity. Apparently they had the wrong address or no, no. something like that. And now, yeah, these police officers haven't been, you know, haven't faced any repercussions for their actions. And it's mad to think that in a job where your con- the consequences of you reacting incorrectly could be so severe... Mm-hmm. There are no repercussions for those mistakes. I mean, there, there are lawyers who are getting disbarred for lying. There are um, people lose their their livelihood, but when you're not even losing, for when you're not even losing your job or losing missing out on a paycheck, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's it's crazy. And I mean, my me- role as a, as a counsellor is there's there's so many like small nuances that if things aren't kind of seem to be not in appropriate context like that's that's my neck on the line like straight off mm. but the point is they don't care and this is it's it's just that the whole world has woken up to to what degree because we we saw and it's wrong that we had to see something so tra- and i haven't watched that i have i cannot because i didn't sleep for weeks just in the knowledge of it like, like watching it would i just can't but watch it. people reacted on the back of seeing something that is just and that's the true fit that is the issue we're fighting is that they don't have a problem that this happens they don't it's it's a racist system and the country is crazy Donald Trump is their president like I just seriously I just think it is not and I think that's why it's really important for people to get behind the Black Lives Matter movement. They've risen to prominence throughout these times where these cases like uh, George Floyd have been getting a lot of press, where Breonna Taylor have been getting a lot of press. And um, it's given the Black Lives Matter movement a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, the UK chapters have also been gathering a lot of momentum with all of the press to do with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, they've amassed a huge amount of donations now. Yeah. Say, say go again. Million, 
pounds they have right now. Um, and um, and everyone's asking questions, man. Everyone's curious about what they're going to do. I, I, I had a little look on their website the other day, and it seems like they've updated everything. Everything's okay. looking I'm going to look right now. Um, but um, I know, yes. Debbie, yourself, you, you were a little bit curious about maybe what some of their intentions are. Myself? Mm. This was on the back of... Um, something that was forwarded on so this um american um radio presenter she was um aggressively attacking the movement and seemed to have a lot of like um other questions that she wanted to throw in there now so that basically it was founded by a group of lesbian black women yeah their sexuality is nothing to me i don't see how that's relevant fine you know like if you've got a good cause, you're doing the work, it's irrelevant. Um, but what this woman brought attention to was with the About Us, which I'm going into now, um, what we believe, I think that's where it goes to, and it starts getting into an LGBT angle. Okay, now, I believe in inclusivity, yeah, but as a whole, I'm very confused why Black Lives Matter is being so entangled with LGBT. Two separate things. This is I was yesterday um, <laughs> with an LGBT UK facilitator. Yeah, so he's not in counselling, but that's like, he's on the Pride movement, yeah? He said racism is rife within LGBT. 100%. So when I was going to the protests and... Um, you know, there's these, and I'll say this as a white woman, there's these groups of white people standing there with our LGBT um, Black Friends Matter. Well, what if they weren't, what if they weren't LGBT? You're, what, you're not going to stand here. Go home. Because you're not here for that. You're, you need to be here because they're black. You need to be here because you care that they're black. Like, okay, you care about their sexuality. That's fine. I'm, I'm all for people having, like, whatever. Have whatever sexuality you want. That's fine. But it is diluting the issue. And also when it comes to the funding, which is, this is like the home site of the original founders, um, it eliminates, men, it gets to the point where it eliminates men from the cause completely. Yeah? So I found it, um, right, we're guided by the fact that all black lives matter regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression, economic status, ability, disability, religious, so and so and so. We make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. Okay. Um, and then it goes to, we build a space that affirms black women that is free from sex, sexism, misogyny, and environments in which men are centred. Now, that in itself, okay. I'm just going to breathe so I can pace myself. I... And for equality of gender, yeah, but I think as a whole, um, feminism has it down treads men. It's it's they're aggressive. They aggressively attack men as as like uh, predators, as you know, like sexual predators. Rapists are rapists. Men aren't rapists. Yeah, sexual predators are sexual predators. They're, it's not men, and that this toxic masculinity against something else. Uh, why? Is it wrong to be masculine? Yeah. Why are we trying to effeminate men? I want men in the world. I appreciate men and I am happy for them to be masculine. I don't feel shy to be masculine when I feel to, if 
you know, like we can all dip and find our own balance. But on the Black Lives Matter site, it gets to a space where it just is eliminating men out of the picture. And tell me if I'm wrong, as much as there are num numerous um, black women who suffer racial crime, predominantly we're talking about black men. Like a, a mother is predominantly more concerned about her black sons than her black daughters because of their vulnerability in society. So it, it does concern me that it moves the focus so strongly onto LGBT. Like, I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not the same thing. It's a separate thing, and the focus needs to be focused. Where's the money going to? Is it going to um, black communities, or is it going to LGBT? Yeah. Mm. We dismantle the patriarchal practice, it says here. So basically that the family unit of the male was the provider, the woman running the home. That's a choice. That is a choice between a man and a woman. But they're basically saying, you know, like same-sex couples can raise children, single mums, I'm a single mum, that's fine, I'm doing that, that's fine. But I value and respect and honour the role of men you know, this is just a further undermining of men in society and it's so concerning. It's coming from Black Lives Matter. It's like the one source of like, right, you've got this. You're carrying the banner. And then underneath it, it's saying something else. I haven't read all of that specifically myself. Can I ask you exactly what website you're on? Is that the Black Lives Matter UK? Yeah, gonna, or uh, oh, yeah so this is, no, blacklivesmatter.com. Mm. So that'll be the US um, chapter. Yeah. We well, the thing is that they, they split it up into further smaller chapters, haven't they, Ryan? So, um, and with good I reason. Mean, I, just, I just jumped different right in different this. states. It's, it's not that hidden. Like, it's quite clear. This is what we believe. To dismantle the nuclear family structure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah um, I've heard that before. To the degree that mothers, parents and children are comfortable, not mothers, fathers, but mothers, parents, because parents being gay men, gay women, that's fine. I, I don't I wouldn't want to um, uh, not allow. I'm not against that as such. But primarily men are the ones in need here. They need the shout. They need the uplifting. They need the you've got a place in sight. You've got a place in family all that's been lost historically from the shit that white people carried off in the 1500s that's where the work is now's not the time to further start undermining men and cutting them out of the picture what is that mm. Mm, it seems like there, there may be some added context needed i'd like to see some some interviews from these these people in the leadership yeah that's and, interesting. And, and a lot more transparency with what's going on and what they're doing because um, I think in these different chapters that they have there's going to be different um, people who are in leadership positions people that are maybe executing the plan slightly differently maybe they have to tailor it to the different laws and regulations that they have in their specific areas or uh -huh. the different threats that they face so for example if they if you're like in a in a southern state in America where they've That's got peak. You know, people doing these um, confederate flag marches and 
you know, and the KKK down is down there and stuff like that. Your Black Lives Matter response has to be totally different to, you know, the chapter in New York where they don't have that kind of a front that they have to face. Maybe, maybe they need to demonstrate protest and maybe even to have slightly different policies to what they're going to have in the southern chapters, if that makes sense. So that I'll talk makes sense. But at the same time, yeah, if, if there's if there's an underlying agenda that maybe not everyone's picked up on that you might have picked up on there, Debbie, that that's that that is a very interesting point. I didn't the, find it much. It was literally through, you know, somebody sent it on to me and from the off, I thought I don't want to see because there was so much negativity against what I saw as a positive movement. Mm. I'm so I, I don't want to know what this is, yeah. So obviously the woman starts saying it's lesbian women. I'm like, who cares? Whatever. Um but only because I sat through and she got on and she was reading the narrative from the website that I'm reading it absolutely is there that I'm like wow that's and then that was before I was seeing such um, a, a binding of the two like if you didn't know any better you would assume that black people as a whole were a representation of LGBT obviously we know but that's how much they're being tied in together. And to me, that's, that's just, just removing the focus again. It is another way of removing the focus from the issue. As I said, I, I, I could fight with people. Like, do you know why you're here? Do you know what the situation is on this day? Fine, LGBT protest, whatever, that's fine, do your thing. But on this day... If you're not about black people, go home. You're here because he's transgender or something. That's fine. Like, but that's for another time and space. Like, this, yeah. What, what you said. I, let me go through it. Um, yeah, I think not, in summary, Debbie's basically saying there's two separate issues here that shouldn't yeah. really be intertwined or entangled, yeah, as she put it. Like, yeah. there's the there's the kind of the LGBT rights agenda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. LGBTQ, I think the Q has to go in there. And mm -hmm. then there's the Black Lives, uh, civil rights, almost um, mm -hmm. human rights kind yeah. of agenda. Yeah. And the, the two shouldn't necessarily be entangled. It should be, you know, it, really Black Lives Matter should be about the civil rights of, of black people. That's right. Because well, right, let's, be, let's be fair. Let's say if there was some progress made, supposedly, in the LGBT area then that could be carried off as well. Look at the progress. No. No. That's, nothing's happened here. It's a distraction from the cause. And I, I'm confused why black women would be behind that distraction. I do find it difficult to understand they could genuinely not be for the cause that they have co-founded. Like, And you're right. Like, It needs more context. But it's, it is there in the narrative on their website so it's uh, see this 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 is this is where i had some confusion mm. i was confused about the black lives matter movement which i believe is the sentiment that we are treated differently in society mm. and well shout out to colin kaepernick it was because black people are disproportionately killed by the police and police brutality is a major issue police brutality doesn't always end in death 
which is the ones that the stories that are mainly focused on, but police brutality mm -hmm. is present in all kinds of forms. I've got 101 stories from being in England about madness happening to us from random people and the police. Yeah. Um, uh, now, it's the movement, which is that, and then the organisation, which is where you get w the websites that you pull them from. So it's essentially, it's, for me, the organisation versus the movement. And there's, there's, there's Black Lives Matter where you donate and it goes to some sort of, de some democratic uh, politician. So, okay, mm. how's that helping me down on the ground? Mm. Then there's Black Lives Matter where we're actually out here protesting and being like, we need to have these conversations. This conversation is not being had. This is happening to us on a regular basis. Mm. It's like women talking about them being sexually harassed nonstop, mm -hmm. nonstop by men. Mm. It's, it's the same energy of we're dealing with this and we have been dealing with it for a long time. Just because we don't mm -hmm. say anything doesn't mean we don't notice it. We'd like to have these discussions now. We'd have to, like to have discussions of, on our representation, on, on all of it. We'd just like to have these discussions. It's time. It's, it's time. Those, that, that is what the movement is for me, man. And the organisation who tries to, pocket, uh, to, to brand it and copyright it and then push their own agenda out with it, that's an issue. Well, I'm not going to lie. I think these, as I understand, these were the founders of the whole concept of the, of the movement. Now, the fact I don't like Black Lives Matter as a slogan at all. I it's, think it's, it's completely it's like can you let me live, please? Like, excuse, do you mind if, like, no, fuck that. We're away from that. It's like you need to, with obviously not friends, swear words in there, but you need to show levels of respect. And to the point of like, let's look at our economy and let's look at like the money that you owe us and let's sort out all this stuff that's been going on for way, like hundreds of years, way overdue. Like Black Lives Matter, I felt, is a, is a further insult, but it is recognised for what we want it to be recognised for, as much as I don't like the terminology. Um, but these, interesting, I understand these people are it. They are, they're, they're not running off the back of it. If I understand rightly, they were the ones that put it forward in the first place. Um, of course, we have heard stories of other people run off the back of it, and any one of us can start a new website or a new something and not have the right intentions. But these are the founders. So yeah, I, think, I, think, I think we're going to have to of that organisation. I think we're going to have to look look into these founders a bit more, and maybe uh, maybe we can revisit this subject another time, where we can say this person specifically, that person specifically, um, yeah. yeah, to avoid kind of like just tiring everybody with the same brush. Really, there's probably going to be some activists in the group that you know aren't necessarily even that connected to LGBTQ. Um, you know, as you can imagine, like people have all different kinds of views, don't they? Yeah. Someone in that group is probably going to be anti. LGBTQ. Um, no, I, no, no, no. I no, mean, you don't think it's possible? You think with all of the, the watch, different chapters these, and all of the different people, you don't think anybody these women can possibly be presented themselves, co-founders. So I've got uh, Patrice Khan Cullers, Alicia Garza, Opal Tometi, what a beautiful name. Um, they are all lesbian women. Which is fine. Like they're at they and they say said so. Like this is us. This is what we do. Um, and they are the founders. Um, I understand what you're saying, but that's not what I'm seeing. Well, I just think uh, what we should probably 
make sure that everybody understands is that all three of us are behind the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. We yeah, wanted yeah, to, yeah, yeah, we wanted yeah, to on, grow. Hold on, hold on. We wanted to be successful. We just want everything to be done right. Exactly. Right, bro, what, what's, what, what are we supportive of? The Black Lives Matter what, sorry? The Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, okay. Absolutely. It, 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 but what, what Debbie said was true, though. You can go to... A, if, you, if you take yourself to a protest and ask 10 people why they're here, you might mm-hmm. get 10 different answers. That's interesting, actually. That is really interesting. I'd actually like to do that, given the opportunity. Uh, I, I'm, I'd be surprised if there's 10 different answers. I generally think everyone's there for the same reason, I, I hope. Um, right, well, let's do it. Like, the next time they're having a march in the UK, let's go down. I'll grab my camera. Uh, Debbie, yeah. you can do the presenting. We'll ask people some questions and see lovely, what kind of answers lovely. we get. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, that'll be a nice bit yeah. of content. I, I mean, the banners, the banners say a lot. I, I love the banners because you can get people's vibes in that. And uh, mm. I'll say that mine was stolen, so obviously mine were popular. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that'd be... I mean, it's a beautiful environment to be in, especially at that time when everything was so heavy and dense and emotional, like from, you know, not sleeping and the social media battering. To actually be at a protest was the only time I got felt any sense of peace because you're like... Uh, so I felt in a space of completely like-minded people and it was really what I needed at that time, personally. Mm. And I hope, I'm sure that was how it was experienced by others. So I've been on a protest before, so I can say, yeah, you definitely get this sense of of, uh, of togetherness, you know, mm. and of community, people coming together to fight for change. It's, mm-hmm. it's a powerful feeling, you know, you get chatting to strangers and mm-hmm. you just you kind of feel like everybody here is on the level, you know? Everybody yeah. here is, 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 like, is like family, you know? Um, yeah. And, and, and long may that kind of thing continue. I'm definitely up for going on another protest. I think the yeah, protests yeah. have been peaceful and well-organised. Um, and we when just were they not peaceful? That so much co- uh, capital behind them. We want to make yeah. sure that they're continuing with, with being organised and maybe even if they need to, if they're going to bring in some external people to assist with that organisation because, boy, like they, they, they have the potential to boost things up in a major way, but they also have potential to be great. So we just want to make sure that, that they're great. You know? That's what there, was, there was only one, one day of downfall and those people shamed themselves disgracefully and <laughs> I, I was smiling all day. Yes. As the news was coming in, I'm like, you guys couldn't have showed yourself up any more than you have. Like, Absolutely. That. Yeah, yeah. Great Absolutely. stuff, ETL. Cheers for that. <laughs> <laughs> Massive win. Muppets. <laughs> uh, gone there to protect the uh, the monuments and end uh, up pissing on them. While you're there. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I, had a, I had an argument with someone on Twitter because they said he didn't pee on it, he peed beside it. I was oh, like, well, that, that's, that's literally where they're going to try and defend that. I was like, oh, and- I'm sure he was very considerate of the splashes, mate. <laughs> and, and and the but the I don't know what you call it when they put their hands in the air in front of Churchill when he spent his life fighting against Hitler, like. But they I don't think they'd know that because these aren't educated people, you know. I don't think this the the connection of the swastika and Churchill really like <laughs> didn't come to them because they don't know. But anyway, yeah. Let me let, let me ask you a question, Ryan. Hello. Does Wiley's Black Life Matter? 
Of course, why wouldn't it? Okay. Okay. <laughs> why wouldn't that, it? That, no, that's that's the first question. Okay, so his, his black life matters. Uh, does his opinion on Jewish people matter? Everyone's opinion matters. Everyone's opinion. I like that. So, so he should have a voice. So your, well, your opinion, you're allowed to have it. It doesn't yeah. mean it's fact. I can take it how I want to take he it. He should have a voice, but what he's done with it, should he have been silenced? Should he have been silenced? Mm. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So now, for those, those that didn't know, he's been given a permanent ban on social media. I think that goes across Twitter. I think it's happened on Instagram and in YouTube as well. What did he do? He made some comments that were perceived as being anti-Semitic and nice. so against Jewish people. Uh, he did say some wild stuff. People were screenshotting tweets wild. and stuff. Uh, I see some stuff that uh, in a group chat that I had with Ryan and it was like, wow. Like, you know, and, and then he got banned. So if you didn't screenshot and catch everything, I don't know if you'll be able to go on his social media and still see everything that he said now. No, you can't. It's gone. I um I managed uh, uh, whilst it was all happening I only managed to screenshot one tweet and that was just that was, I said this is trash what he said was Jewish people um, Jewish people you think you're too important I'm sick of you that's the that's the only tweet I captured and I was like this is enough yeah, I thought that was because that can be taken any way that you like the fact that you're saying I'm sick of you. You can't say that to a whole group of people. Precisely. Jewish um, people, you think you are too important. I'm sick of you. When I saw that, I was like, I know exactly why he's been taken off social media. And what's mad is, we've actually been campaigning and protesting that things aren't being done fast enough. Social media, Katie, Katie Hopkins was on, was on Twitter for years talking nonsense. Yeah. She was talking nonsense. A, a lot of it wasn't straight up racist. A lot of it was just offensive. But... It's not actually race. Like what Wiley was saying was mad. But, but, but and the thing is, there was a lot of tweets as well. It wasn't like it was just that one. There was a exactly. lot of tweets. Exactly. But but Kate Hopkins came off after people made noise saying this is this is like this is enough. During I think it was during the protest as well. She got permanently she got permanently banned. Okay. It was like okay, it's extra highlight. Okay, now she's coming off. Cool. Um. So it's like we we wanted this. We wanted a fast and swift reaction. We said if you're the, if, it's not good enough to be, to be um, not racist. You have to be anti-racist. Why are he saying racist things? Off. Well, then, he did. He did the uh, the video. He went on Sky uh, News, so he went onto Sky, and they interviewed him. And now, obviously, what we saw was a heavily edited video. We didn't get like raw footage of Wiley talking to this reporter for like thirty minutes with no editing. That would have been great to see that. What we saw was something that was chopped up, cut up, chopped up, cut and paste. So how do you know the the original context of what Wiley was saying was was actually left in there? We don't know that. And I think that's why, because after that video came out, it seemed like Wiley was apologetic, but he definitely did get his back up. He got riled a couple of times with a couple of questions the reporter asked him. And hmm. it seems like, okay, maybe he's apologised, but he's not really apologetic because what he started kind of ranting, ranting like, again what, about... What, what's the trigger now? So what he was trying to explain in that interview was that he's had interactions with Jewish people in positions of power in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And what they've been doing is they've been oppressing him. They've okay. been 
stopping him from getting certain opportunities and, okay. and, and being able to do certain things. And it's not just him. He's been seeing it. Like, come on, this is a guy that's been in the music industry for like, I don't know, 20, 30 years now, maybe since we was yeah. kids. While he's always been popular since we was kids, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're all grown ass uh, adults. I know you don't like me uh, calling you old, Debbie, but you know we're grown. We're grown, man. You, you, you repeated old like four times. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but can I, for a context, yeah, is this like the way the the music industry is structured, or is this specifically um, towards him as a black artist? Like what? Well, you see, he he's talking from his experience, and he is a yeah. black man, so yeah. It, it's kind of you can't really separate the fact that whatever he's talking about it, it's well, when he says not. other people like how's he seeing it well i can't give you the specifics because he didn't go into specifics but <laughs> what he did if you watch the sky news interview what you'll see is him saying that he's been an, uh on the receiving end of mm. white supremacy and oppression right. from right. Jewish people. Right. That's the reason behind his tweets. He was angry right. and it was a knee-jerk reaction and he apologises, but yeah. he's been the victim of oppression. It's what he was trying to say. But I'm not sure that everybody would have got that when they watched it. And right. I think so, that's why he ended up taking to YouTube afterwards because mm-hmm. he was like, nah, they, they done me dirty in this yeah. guy's interview. Yeah. And so he kept talking and talking and talking. But then he ended up getting banned from so now he's been and now he's been silenced. What I'm saying is, say me and you work for somewhere and we're upset because we don't get paid the same as the CEO. Yeah. That's how it is, yeah? But if you see me progress in a way that you have been held back, then we're clearly seeing this as, like, a different kind of agenda. And now because he's raised it, he's being silenced. So, no, that's not right, is it? That's I mean, it's also not right to generalise on Jewish people as a whole. And, and that's obviously. it. Yeah. That's and what that's... he apologised for, though. He apologised for generalising in the Sky News interview. Then right. later, he got banned from YouTube after he put up one or two videos talking um, about that. About, but what he was doing was he was reacting to people going and at him on social media yeah, because yeah. he doesn't have his account anymore. So he says, I'm right. just going to do it this way. I'm going to make a YouTube yeah, yeah. video and I'm going to read what you are atting me and I'm going to reply to it. And who's not going to feel that way? Who would not, I mean, if you're talking about continuous, continuous, like being downtrodden and being cut out, like the, the trauma of that and the effect of that is going to be crazy for anyone. So he must just sit back and take it. Like, no, he, he doesn't have to. Anyone's going to react. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely doesn't have to. But, but a human um, is going to react, I'm saying. A human is going to say, I can't do this, this, nah. and And now they've taken away his voice. Come on. Uh, no, no, he, you can react, but how you react. If someone was to walk, um, walk down the street and spit in your face, yeah, are you going to stab him to death? Right, but what if he did it every night? Every single night of my life and then he gets his friends to do it and then you know like the the persecution like no of course not but this is my point is that if he has been experiencing this over and over and over and his hands are tied isn't this the whole point is that it's not and this is what you know people out there want to argue about you know there's no such thing as racism you know we're not talking about one incident it's like layered and layered experiences yeah, and that's, that's yeah, and that's experiences an issue. and blatant experiences and and things where somebody's like, oh, you've been paranoid. No, I don't think I am. And this is what's been taken away from black people is they're saying, no, there's no racism. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, and now Wiley, it's it's the same thing, but they're shutting him down. 
no, you won't speak on it. You won't speak on it. You don't, no, we're not letting you speak on it. That's I, 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 I don't think that's quite right. I think I'm with Debbie there where if someone's got a voice, someone should be given a voice, especially if they were apologetic, which I think Wiley clearly was in his Sky News interview, although it was edited in a way where maybe his apology was a footnote in the interview. <laughs> mm-hmm. His apology was a footnote and the main part of the interview was him ranting and raving more. But why um, is that? Like to, to me, from and, and not knowing that I've not seen it, but if you were just putting this on paper, in my role, my profession, I would say like mental health is being triggered here. And I'm not saying that he's specifically got mental health. I'm thinking if I was in his shoes, I'd have mental health because you're, tri- you're just continuously, you know, like, you know, you can hit me in one place, I'll be fine. But you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. I'm going to snap. This is mental health as a whole, as a, as a human, you know, as we are, yeah? There's a point where we just go. And if that means him, like, going off on one, well, uh, yeah, who wouldn't? To be who fair, wouldn't? the way Wiley's personality has always been, Can we... you might wonder if there was some underlying mental health issue anyway. And, you know, maybe this is just the latest rant that, uh, so I'm that happened so... that very... At a time where maybe he thought, yeah, racism is a hot topic and maybe I can get away with this. Can we not use that logic? Can we not use that logic to justify a lot of fuckery then? Can we not use that logic to justify racists? What do you mean? Okay, so I've lived in this area my whole life. Mm. Asian people have moved in Mm. and I'm being treated a certain way every day. Is Is this not my impression now in my area? Can I not kick off and run? Is there, what can I do? It's not, it's, it's not about what you should do. It's just about what the result of that might be. So when I get into, and I don't know why I waste my time, but, you know, somebody wants to say all lives matter and then come mm. with their crap to support it, yeah? And I hear too often black people are aggressive, yeah? yeah. Okay, well, that's not my experience, firstly. And secondly, well, wouldn't you be aggressive? I worked at the job centre and a lot of our customers were aggressive because they were treated like shit. Of course they were. Like, what's, what's, what's the confusion, you know? So I'm saying that it's not a, a, a race thing, it's a human thing that when you're treated a certain way, a, a time comes when you're going to break and you're going to react. Yeah, the fact is, is that no one should be treated that way continuously with... You know, so I'm not saying that any one person's got mental health, but I'm saying any one of us would get mental health under that. So this this racist society that is here treats young black boys a certain way and then points finger back at them when they they react. Of course they've reacted. Look what they've gone through at school. Look what they go through when they walk down the street. Look what, like, this continuous hit in the same spot. You know? Ryan doesn't sound convinced. Oh, uh, I'm not here to convince anyone. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't sound convinced. I'm just, I'm just listening to the logic. A lot, a lot of the logic makes sense. Um, I'm, it's just like, okay, I, I understand where you're coming from completely. It's not necessarily um, the right thing. It's just the natural thing. It's, it's 100%. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's not necessarily the right thing, but it is, it is, a, it is a very human reaction in self-humanness. You put in the context of a, a woman being sexually harassed. Now, thankfully, this isn't something I relate to, and that's that's another debate somewhere else. Um, 
But if I was continuously, at some point, I'm going to do something. It's probably not something legal or recommended or, you know, but it's the outcome of that continuous victimisation, if that was my experience. Yeah, it's all right. You know. I'm Wow. Um, okay, so... Me personally, I, I think why like the, the the YouTube thing is what got me because I didn't see all of his YouTube videos, but it seemed like he was just having conversation. Conversation is a strong word because he was basically replying to things that people were at him on Twitter, mm -hmm. at him on Instagram. He can't use his Twitter, his Instagram. He's reading, yeah. he's just talking yeah. about it in a YouTube yeah. video. And, yeah. he's got, and, and the thing about his YouTube is he uses that to eat. Like, all of his music videos, mm -hmm. all of those millions of views, like, he gets paid for those views. Mm -hmm. Everything's gone now. So if he comes to release something now, what's he going to do? Like, I, 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 And he's been dropped by his management as well uh, during all of this. So I just think it's a real situation, and it's been handled totally differently to, for example... Um, Ryan mentioned Katie Hopkins being yeah. somebody who's been she got years of eight. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it take, took a long time to get on top, top of her. As far as I know, Tommy Robinson is still spewing a lot of hate and he's still online. Mm -hmm. And I'm yeah. sure he's not the only one. Well, yeah. It's, it's just interesting the way that they've handled this compared to the way they've handled other people who might be seen to be... Uh, it's informative. I wouldn't say it's interesting, it's informative of the state of everything that why there's an issue that people want to deny there is. It's informative. And I don't, I don't listen to Wiley, it's not my kind of music, but I'll go and buy his music if I could now. Just that principle. Yeah, he can't be cancelled. It's, it's impossible to cancel someone you don't subscribe to. So there's a whole bunch of people trying to cancel him, but we've seen it with everyone. If you try to take them away, then they'll only be listening to more. Extreme yeah. numbers have probably gone up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't, like, like I said, you can't cancel someone you're not originally subscribed to. So if he releases music, his fans will be there. And he could, he, I imagine he could just do it like we used to do it back in the day, which is just go to a music house, get your tune Going pressed, and release it. <laughs> it's like yeah. it, JME just released his album, um, vinyl only. So Wiley could go door to door with his car boot open with vinyls in it, people will buy them. Yeah, retro. Back to the village. Back to the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll head over late to, to Leighton's then just for that. <laughs> That's it. Um, there is absolutely no segue to this, but I'm just going to do it anyway. <laughs> just switch. Just switching it up. Um, both of you guys are parents, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I don't want to have any kids. I've been reading the Bible a lot recently, so I've been understanding that children are blessings. So I kind of feel like, man, I ain't got no blessings, man. Ah, oh, blessings. Um, bruv, bruv, being able to breathe is a blessing. Yeah, that's true. Don't worry about that, true. man. That's count, true. count every one of them. <laughs> Trust me. You know, some people don't want kids, and, and that's all fair Jews. It's, it's mm -hmm. not for everyone. It's a serious, serious thing. I say to you, the reason my kids won't get trauma out there is because they mention one thing to me and they know I've already run out the house like a like a whippet with a machete. Yeah, so. <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> they don't even like to tell me stuff. They don't like to tell me stuff. Um, I, I, that sounds like you're quite a strict parent. Then. 
No, no, I'm not strict. I'm not. I'm not strict at all. What I'm saying is, is that the ways of the world out there. You know, there's one incident in Ibiza Airport, yeah, and the kids were like, "Oh no, please, mum, no, please, mum, don't do it, don't do it." I'm like, "No, I'm not having this." But they were, bless them. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that my, my kids might be persecuted out there without some comeback from me. Straight. <laughs> yeah. Straight. Smoke. Yeah. Okay. Um, well. I, I can't. I can't relate to a lot of things when with that parents go through. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't had that experience yet. And uh, I think one thing that you generally do with your kids is um, there will be like family time where you do stuff together and you probably watch movies together, right? Yeah. Yes. So I'm guessing over the years, maybe there'd be more than Ryan because Ryan, your your kid's quite young still. But over the years, you probably would have watched a lot of Disney stuff together, right? Yeah. That nonsense. Um, yeah, Disney, uh, oh man, Disney is toxic, man. Looking back, Disney is just so just, just just jump in there. Looking yeah. back, a lot of these old Disney films, toxic as hell, bro. Wow, absolutely awful. The messages messages they put out are just. Oh, do you mean like uh, the message of sexual assault in Sleeping Beauty? No, bro, gosh. a lot of it. A lot of it. <laughs> just just the, just just the need for men. No, Pixar's been cool for the most part. I mean, Frozen right. was 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 great. Frozen was great. Frozen was great. Can't, the, the message in that almost brought me to tears. Her one true love wasn't this dude she just met. It happened to be her sister. Her true love was with her sister. I was like, this but is can great. I, can I put my hands up? Go, go like, on. You know Princess Tiana was the strongest princess ever. She said, I don't need a prince, okay? I've got this. Doing 100%. She was an absolute don. Unfortunately, they made her into a frog <laughs> for the entire entirety of the film. She was still a don. No, she was. Frog. But she wasn't for the... Like, I think she's the only princess where she wasn't actually a princess for the whole time. She was just a frog running yeah, through the, the swamps. the princesses are really lame and she was a gangster. So. Yeah, no, she, she was the, the last... I think she's probably the last of the hand-drawn animated Disney characters. So, yeah, no, she absolutely was. Absolute G. Mm-hmm. But Disney's a big deal, right? I can just hear the way you guys are talking about it. Like, because for me, from my perspective, I watch a lot of adult stuff, and I don't really, you know, <laughs> what I mean, like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna watch something, it's probably got like a 15 certificate on it at least. No, um, we're not that's what I mean. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I mean, yeah, I do watch that stuff. Well, <laughs> but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like you know watching movies bro soften your experiences tv shows no i don't really watch disney i don't really you know what i mean it's it's not really something like like you know like if a new disney comes out like oh frozen like i am what am i gonna do sit down and watch frozen like by myself like i ain't gonna do that i no. do that i love yeah. friends of actors who do that we love cartoons yeah 100 i sit by myself watching cartoons i'm not not really disney but like real cartoons yeah like because they're funny yeah yeah. What, what about like, Japanese animation? Yeah. Oh my god, that's devastating. That is really no, weird. No anime. It's really porn. My son is obsessed with it, and he jumped up and turned it off. And I looked. It wasn't even like a sexual interaction. It was sexual assault. And I, I said to him, "I'm so like seriously, like, because I, I have open conversations here. I'm like, that is crazy. That's on Netflix. Yeah. He loves it. It is disgusting. What's it called? Urban. Uh, seven deadly sins. Oh, seven oh, deadly sins. That's hilarious. That is foul. That, that one is, is foul. That is hilarious. But yeah, there is there is, I suppose, 
if you're saying Disney does have some some messages in there, you could say there is there is a message of I guess sexual assault in there, I suppose. The anime is normally not but that it's, it's, it's supposed to be in a humorous way, isn't it? It's supposed to be like banter. Yeah, that's where it's supposed I mean, to come from. No, sexual assault under the guise of banter is rampant, man. That's weird. I mean, as I said, I don't feel like a delicate woman. I don't feel vulnerable, but that that is like there's nothing funny about sexual assault. Nah. Like, I mean, let's not tar everything. Like we talked about generalizations and stuff. All Japanese animation is are not like whatever shows it is. You yeah, guys, of course, Pokemon's seen. cool. I just don't like their voice. The, the voices are annoying enough anyway, so. I hate Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just saying as, as a genre thing, it's not, I can't, but then the disturbing bits. <laughs> okay, what about something like Batman or Superman, that kind of stuff? The animated version. Oh, that damsel in distress stuff. Ben 10, kids are watching what well, I used to watch Ben 10. Oh, my daughter loved that, yeah. These days. So, that, all right, so that's the type of cartoons that are cool. Uh, you, don't to list, you don't mean to list what I like. I mean, that would just go on forever. Again, those aren't my favourite ones, but um, what's that one we used to watch after school? Um, Arnold, hey Arnold. That's the day after yeah. school. The what teacher's gay, though. Uh, he's gay. The teacher, the teacher, the rat, he's, he's gay, came out. I don't remember teacher. Teacher. Yeah. Oh, wait, sorry. You talking about Hey Arnold? Hey Arnold. Yeah. Oh, I thought, sorry. I thought you said Arthur. Sorry, Arthur. Yeah. Someone else mentioned that. I don't know Arthur. But anyway. Hey yeah, I never really used to watch funny. that. I think I was a bit older when Arthur was getting a intro. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. Okay. So these kind of Disney shows, it's not really stuff that I usually watch. To be honest with you, I, mm-hmm. I did like. Some of the Pixar stuff, like uh, Ice Age, I thought was, was really good. Ice Age isn't Pixar, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't it? How is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Okay. It's Sony or something. <laughs> All right. Wait, it's, it's in that ballpark, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's animated. It's animated. It's animated. It's animated. animated. Yeah, so, so I need to catch up. Clearly, I need to catch up with some of these animated movies. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of them. But I understand their cultural significance, right? They're beloved. Mm-hmm. And some of them are just actually great pieces of film. Like yeah. the stuff that the technical things they're doing behind the scenes are amazing. Like sort of 3D backgrounds and uh, 2D animations and the way they're mm-hmm. filming stuff. And it, it, everything is, is, is top of the line, high end. But there's actually a little bit of a drama right now with this Mulan situation. Something that Ryan thought was interesting the other day. Yeah, uh, I I didn't watch. I'm not that familiar with the Mulan from back in the day, but I know that there's a lot of controversy with what they're doing now. They're doing like a, a live action version of the Mulan animation. Mm. Yeah, that's it's, it's that's not that's that's not, that's not the controversial element of it. They've, I know. I'm just giving the background. Live action in, the background. They've been live action in every every Disney film. Um, I'm really waiting for Little Mermaid. But Can't wait for oh, yeah. that. My favorite. No, the the controversy film. with Mulan is it was beloved by the Chinese community, so it has oh, to really? be done in a certain way. Yeah, Mulan—they're they're, very—you know—you know Chinese people are very proud, and they—they they do love their Mulan. And I've seen some comments where people are saying, you know, this new version—it's it, not even got the—you know—it hasn't got the music like that you get from the animation and stuff like that. It's more—it's more of a film than a musical. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So people are missing that aspect to it and other things. And um, like I think Ryan was about to say, he was about to talk about what the huge controversy around it is. Yeah, so basically, Disney have decided, obviously due to the pandemic, they're going to release it on their streaming service, Disney Plus, for a price of $30. Oh, oh you have to pay for it. You have to pay for it. So you have to be subscribed to uh, Disney Plus already. So Disney Plus is already five ninety nine a month. And yeah, on top of that, that, you have to pay another £30 to enjoy, or $30, I don't know how much it's going to be in England, yeah. to stream it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be £30, isn't it? Yeah, because they, they don't care about us. They'll just straight away. <laughs> well, they really, no, they don't really care about us. This guy's taught, taking a freedom song and applying it to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they, they're going to release it and it's kind of make or break for a lot of the film industry because obviously film in general has suffered massively. Even TV, they run out of episodes of EastEnders. Like, they're they're wow. really losing money. Because no one goes to the cinema, and there's a bit, there's been a lot of kickoff over the fact that this is going to release release for thirty pounds. Do you think this is a is a sustainable way of releasing films going forward? If cinemas are going to stay closed or you know half empty, you know I think in a pandemic, what the hell do you want them to do, man? Like people can't go to the cinema. I yeah. can imagine the the Chinese community would be in outrage because this is a big deal for them. It's going to be, you know, like we're coming. We're in a time where movies have been whitewashed. Like we had Gods of Egypt, where they're oh, getting man. all of these white people to play characters that are based in Africa. Come on, like people have done blackface and and done roles in movies. Not even, not even. That long ago, we had the Ghost in the Shell remake, which was uh, a Japanese animation, a, a story which doesn't have a whole lot to do with sex. You'll be, you'll be happy to uh, <laughs> hear that, Debbie. <laughs> so the Ghost in the Shell is a story about like a, a dystopian future, with, um, a lot of technological improvements, and it's like it's like a military and sort of government secret agent espionage kind of a show. It's, 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 it's pretty cool, like, in a sci-fi geeky kind of way, right? Like, if you like Marvel kind of stuff, you might like something like that. And, um, and so they've done a live-action version of that. And in, this was a Japanese story. And they've, they've, put, they've cast Scarlett Johansson, like, a European white actress, to play the, the Japanese lead character. Wow. And it just kind of looked odd where, like, you've got all of these other sort of Japanese-looking... Uh, kind of like background characters Why did she the lead characters and she's got her eyes they've done her makeup to make her eyes look all wow. Asian-y like it's like ah oh, you took the piss yeah. um, so we're living in a time where people are doing stuff like that so as long, for the, as, long as Jesus is still white I'm like mate listen this is not serious woo you know really? so so it's a t- so when the Mulan movie comes now they've cast it's an all Asian cast right so the Asian community are going to be right behind it. They're going to love it. Like, you know, Jet Li's in there, um, Michelle Yeoh, Donnie Yen. Like, if you watch Kung Fu movies, these are going to be royalty. You're going to, like, think, oh, this is amazing. The Mulan movie is going to be dope. So I can understand that they're excited about it. They want it to be done well. They don't want another Ghost in the Shell type of scenario where a famous story from that part of the world gets whitewashed. And now it's not going to be in the cinema. Like, they can't get all of their family together and, you know, go to, to, to watch the movie. But 
30 pound like should you should you really have to pay that amount shouldn't they boycott it anyway because of scarlett johansson well that was that was a different movie that was the ghost of the show movie oh so that that was like i think that was released in 2017 so that was just like an example of in in modern times this is the kind of thing that still goes on so a few years later you get a chance to have mulan like a chinese story uh, that is big in the asian community come to the screen you want to make sure it's done right right you don't want the community to be upset and the fact that they don't get a huge premiere with the stars and the red carpet and you know and people don't get a chance to go to the cinema and because it would be it was like you know like for black people we had the black panther movie where did we bro yeah i went to that yeah. wolverstone the wolverstone cinema <laughs> Um, like I went with Ben and uh, Fat Dave. I don't know if you know Dave from Leighton Stone as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Dave, Ben, and it was like it, it was a huge thing in the black community. Yeah. So many people came, packed out the I cinema. Love that. Even till now, like kids will still be like saying, "What kind of forever doing the little X's and stuff like that." <laughs> Maybe not so much now, but you know, yeah. uh, it, it was huge. It was huge. Yeah. Mulan will be that kind of thing for that for the Asian or the Chinese community, um, and it. I can see why they might be sad that they don't get a chance to go to the cinema. But during these times with the pandemic, it's the sensible thing to have a streaming option. Mm-hmm. The fee attached to it, though, thirty quid. I mean, nah. As much as you like your Disney movies, Debbie, will you be paying thirty quid and watching it with your kids? No. No, I mean, I wouldn't do that under any circumstances. Sorry for anything. <laughs> like, we wait, okay? We're the house that waits until it's free. But I think out of um, principle, Disney should have just released that for free to say, like, under the current circumstances, like, the whole world is fair unity and all that. Like, you know, as a gesture, they can afford it. They would but... never do that, though. Two hundred well, million pound, a two hundred million dollar film. Here, have it for free from Disney. Million? Never. Yeah, that, that film cost nice. two million to make. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They're not giving and Disney well, as lovely as they are. They, 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 they could have. Disney are at the end of the day a business. They don't give a hot damn. But when you think about it, Cal, if me and you were to go to cinema, how much would we spend? Um. Expensive. Well, you see, my my experience is going to be different to yours because you're you're probably going to have to pay for your whole family, right? No, Whereas... no, just me and you, just me and you, me and you. Oh, That's okay. So let's Two say, rows. on average, a tenner for a ticket. Yep. And if you're going to get a drink, um, you know, if you can't like smuggle something in from Sainsbury's, then once there, you know, bootleg life. If you can't like, you know, bring in stuff from externally then you're gonna you're gonna pay through the nose for your drink and your, and your sweets let's say you end up spending a tenner for like a drink or, or an ice cream or whatever you want when you're watching the movie yeah um popcorn popcorn and a drink tenner mm-hmm. 20 quid 20 quid in total if you go to a really nice cinema like if you want to do imax or if you want to go no 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 let's go let's go we're going to odeon we're going to odeon we're going to odeon in in stratford yeah, so, 50, yeah, took it. Odeon, because that could be like seven, eight quid for your ticket and then a couple of quid for your drink or whatever. That could be 10 or 12 pounds, 15 pounds max. Yeah, so between two of us, 30 pounds. Yeah. So $30 doesn't seem crazy to me. I think, that this, I think that this could work going forward. And I will be buying it as soon as it comes out. Uh, they, will, they will have my money. I, I'm watching Mulan at home because... Um, 
I think this is the way the movie industry has to go because no one wants to go into a packed out cinema for three hours breathing heavy with 200 people. I think that it's a shame that obviously coronavirus has meant that we can't share large spaces and do things that we'd normally love to do. Um, if, if this happened during Black Panther time, I wouldn't go to the cinema and sit through that. Even, 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 if, even, even if this happened during um, Avengers Endgame, the biggest film of all time, I would not take myself and sit in a cinema. I would pay £50 to stay at home and watch it. Uh, I think that's the context. I don't fancy the film. That's the truth. I don't fancy the film. If it's Black mm. Panther, I could make it a real family thing. Like, that's it. And considering how much we'd pay. Now, okay, for it, that changes the context. Like, I just don't fancy Mulan as a film, to be fair. Yeah. But I think the, I think the industry does have to change the way it works in yeah. order to, to progress. Because... Times have changed. I mean, this 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 virus isn't going anywhere. No. Uh, they're not going to find a cure. They might find a vaccine, maybe, but I think it's just a new way of life. Mm-hmm. Well, um, me personally, I don't think I'll be paying that money. Um, I, I think it's a little on expensive side. I can see that point of if you were going to take your whole family to the cinema, how much are you going to pay anyway? Um, because it's probably going to be like tenner ahead, and if you've got three or four people in your family, it's going to be maybe 30, 40 quid just to get a ticket. Mm. Um, whereas you can just stay at home, you can pay your your, your subscription fee, whatever you want to call it, license fee, and then apparently you can watch the movie as many times as you want. I was going to say, do you know how many people have got access to my Disney Plus? Like, <laughs> trust me. Holds. Yeah. Yeah, so, add me to the list. I will charge people to come to my house. <laughs> my yes, house. man. It's a little pot. Yeah, ka-ching, ka-ching. Thank you. Yeah. We can find a way to make this work. It's all right. Oh. If, if, if you've got a couple of drinks on the go, maybe a nice little month, some chicken wings or something, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got, yeah. got a projector. I could really monetize this. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yo. You're the second person to say that. Yeah, the penny drops now. <laughs> Thanks, Disney. Hustle yeah. kicking in right now. Yeah, Put yeah. in the garden. Yeah, that's me. I'm saying you could, go to, you could go to a park and then screen it off and then, you know, True. five, ten pound of viewing, you know, but like seven pounds or ten pounds of snacks. <laughs> oh, and piracy is going to be out of control. <laughs> they can't control the pirates. They yeah. can't control the pirates. The day that, the day that comes out on Disney Plus, will be the day someone screen records their screen whilst whilst watching it and Disney won't be able to stop it. So I think I think that it's gonna make its money back. But films being profitable during lockdown, it's gonna be very difficult, man. Very difficult. Um so what else you guys been watching anyway? Um I've been watching Dark on Netflix. It's a German it's a, it's a German TV show I'm not going to say anything else it's a German TV show and it's very good but I just want it to end now it's dragging I want on it to end. it's not dragging on but it's similar to the frustration I found with Lost in Prison Break just yeah. so many no mainly Lost there's so many twists I just need some answers I need answers I've been left on this cliff edge for like three years and I just want I, I need my answers and I, just, I get fed up and I just go on Wikipedia and just read it because I, I can't take it anymore. So it's a bit like that. I want this, this film, to, this, this TV show to end so I can move on to um, 
The Umbrella Academy and The Boys Season 2, which I'm very excited about. Yo, I just looked up Dark on IMDb, and this has a mad rating, 8.8 out of 10. Yeah, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. I might have to add that to my watch list. Yes, don't watch it with, uh, with, with the English voices dubbed over. It doesn't slap the same. Did you watch the, um, the platform? I didn't. That, that, that is a crazy psychological thriller in a similar way where maybe you might want to watch the original version. Um, I think it's a Spanish film. I watched yeah. it with the English dubbing, um, but it maybe doesn't slap as well as the original as you put it, you know? Um, but yeah, Debbie, what were you watching? Mm. Debbie? Maybe her phone died. She said she's on 38%. About an hour ago. It's possible, or maybe uh, she went on mute uh, to go and give one of her kids a smack around the ear or something. Stop messing about. Pack it in, you lot. Stop messing about. <laughs> this, this, rep- this representation is awful. Like, let's just... All right. What's wrong with that representation? Oh, I come here. You've got this kind of state. This the full <laughs> Stacey. Full Stacey Slater. Full Oh, I get out of it. Sling your rook. Sling your rook, you know. You relax, please, bro. <laughs> Damn, Damn, did you ever hear that Cat Slater lived around the way? The actress. Bro, uh, of Cat course, Slater. I saw. Her. Uh, bruv, come on, I went to once, I went to Wanstead High School. I saw her several times. She lived oh, in Wanstead. Okay. She lived in Wanstead, so I used to see her all the time. And everyone used to say that I bumped into her and I saw her, and I never saw her. And I was like, "What do you mean? Like you lot always see her, and I ain't never seen her." Yeah, man, she's local. That area holds a few celebrities. There was uh, Natasha from Atomic Kitten. There was Billy from EastEnders. There couple of guys, that, couple of guys in the bill. You know the uh, the Rue McCoy. Yes, was it the Rue McCoy. Oh, she was an Asian lady, and she 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 did a few things on the BBC. She's oh goodness up. gracious me! That might be the one, the Kumars. Oh yeah, the Kumars. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say this year, I was watching the Rue McCoy the other day. Me and my me and my girl, we sat down. Said, oh, let's let's have a look at this. Like, she like, she was showing me. Let's have a look. Have, have a look. I sat and watched The Real McCoy, and in that moment, I realised that my memory has has Real McCoy being a lot funnier than it actually is. Oh, I was not... And bro, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Cal, Cal, please go back and watch The Real McCoy, bro. I watched it, and I was like, this is trash. Oh, no. This is trash? This is... Uh, like, it's, it's of the time, and they're pioneering, and they did a, they did an absolute... Mad, they've done absolutely mad thing. They've done bits. I'm not discrediting what it done. It's, it's kind of like me looking back at old footballers or old boxers. They might be legendary yeah. and they might be revered and they, they're, the, they're, they're what they are for that time. But and when I was sat, even look like it's in HD. <laughs> I was, and, and, and you see, you see, you see one player who's actually cares about football going around flipping four, four footballers who are part-time builders and who go smoking and drinking after every game. Mm. I'm like, okay, I don't rate this. But I was watching Will McCoy, I was like, this, it's not as funny as Desmond's. This is not, Will McCoy for me does not. One. Yeah, but Will McCoy, I was watching it, I was like, this can't be right. My memory, my memory done up Will McCoy a treat, bro, because they, it, I had it been a lot better than it actually was. It and then straight after that, nice straight after that I said let me check out goodness gracious me bruv tears 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 timeless bruv goodness goodness gracious me Rumor McCoy 
was there for for things like goodness gracious me to exist. So you have wow. to give it, have, have to give it its respect. Well. hundred percent, one hundred thousand percent. Goodness gracious me had me in absolute tears. I heard that the real McQuay might be coming back. I hope it does. And they might does. be coming back still doing something on the BBC. I'd look, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I, I do follow a couple BBC of the, well. the actors. Not BBC Three. Yeah, go on. Um, Eddie, I do follow a couple of the actors from the show. Uh, Eddie Nestor's quite active on Twitter. Mm. Sorry, on Insta even. Quite active on Insta. Um, and uh, Leo Mohammed is is quite active in the community. Um, did you know he's in a he's a member of the Nation of Islam? Nope. Shout him. There you go. It, oh, I might have missed his latest talk. He he did advertise that he was doing a talk recently. And I thought, I've seen him speak live. I went to one of his talks and, and he's he's an amazing speaker. I think there's something about that religion, man. People like, they kind of, they follow um, the right honourable Elijah Muhammad and they follow uh, the right honourable Minister Farrakhan and mm. they, they kind of take on that I think so, anyway, because all of the public speakers I've seen from the Nation of Islam, they seem to take on some of that charisma and some of that mm. powerful public speaking, you know. When you go and see Leo Mohammed, bro, you're going you're gonna to enjoy it. Trust me, he's, he's good. Well, there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people from that, that, that group who don't have the charisma, but you just, just don't see them because they're not very good. It's just, it's just the ones who are good are really good. Cream that rises to the top. There you go. There you go. Um, what else is on the agenda, man? I'm, int- I'm intrigued what we've got next. It's a lot. It, it, you know what? I thought that there weren't a lot on the agenda, but we've just been talking, talking naturally, and uh, we've got through a few things, but there's loads. Like, we can we can oh, shotgun loads. a few things real quick. Yeah, go on, man. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Okay, so what else have I been watching? I watched the Anelka Misunderstood documentary. Is he misunderstood or is he just Anelka? Misunderstood. Well, the thing is, if if you know Anelka from back in the day, then you know Anelka is Anelka, isn't it? Yes. Um, but if you didn't really know Anelka, even if you think you did, you should watch it because I think he's misunderstood. Although I always liked him, uh, but I still learned a few things about what was going on. Um, so I'd I'll say that's it. a necessary watch for I'll anybody watch that's yeah. into football. And maybe... Maybe there's even a message that transcends football and can be applied to young black men as a whole. Because he may have actually been a victim of, you know, stereotyping like that, that, that a young black man can be a certain way and yeah. can be, you know, Probably you know, like the angry, the angry black man stereotype. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Balotelli. Balotelli. There you go. If Balotelli does a film, I'm sure it will be similar to this, like where... It, He's misunderstood. This is the real story. And cool. No, I'm down for it. Um, so, next. No Limit Chronicles. Mm. Bruh. Yes. Master P. Have you seen it? Yeah. yeah you... It was, it's, it, I've seen some of it. and I've um, heard about some of it. I've watched a few bits on it. Haven't seen it in its entirety, but it's very interesting how smart he was sorry, not was is very smart. I mean, I never thought he was dumb. No, 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 no. Of course not. Of course not. I, I, I didn't, really, I, but I didn't know how someone could be three hundred million dollars up 
15 years ago, I was like, what? I haven't even heard, I haven't really seen any of your artists. I haven't, heard, like, I, I could not tell you who was signed to Master P back in the day. And if I could, I wouldn't think that they were the best. It seems like he just had the South on lock because he catered to what the South wanted. Well, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I remember at the time I was a bit of a hip hop snob, innit? Um, at the time? Like, what do you mean at the time? <laughs> yes, at the time. All right, right, maybe I still am. Maybe I'm a bit of a snob. You're a hip hop, you're a boomer, bro. You're a hip hop boomer. You're a boom bat boomer. Don't okay boomer me, yeah? Like, I, I appreciate everything in the hip hop spectrum. I was hip-hop, listening to hip-hop. a young man the other day from New Generation. Young man. Everything ain't got to be. Nas, everything ain't got to be Jay-Z, yeah. East Coast, old school boom rap hip hop, yeah? I I definitely did appreciate No Limit. And, um, uh, oh, Debbie's texting me saying, uh, but yeah, her battery died, you called it. Jeez. Um, shout out to Debs. Um, uh, now she's going to go see the kids. That's uh, a more shout Debbie. And, um, yeah, like, but back in the day, I always appreciated, like, yeah, I was about the lyrics and that. And you didn't really get that from the South and from the No Limit artists at the time. Mm. But I definitely did appreciate No Limit, like, because their sound was great. Like, the, the the beats just had you bouncing, like, make them say, ah, na, 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 na. Like, that was... That was the big treat, bro. And and like I did like Mia X. I did used to think yo, Mia X can flow still. She's all right. Mia X, the female artist. And there was one artist that just that when she came, like she she just looked pang. She had the pangest looking covers, bro. Really focusing on the music, man. Go 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 through. No, but but like I said, like I said, Mia X could spit, man. She was a spitter. And and when she put out her tunes, she brought other spitters in. Um, yeah. And when you watch the documentary, you'll see her saying how she strategically planned it like that because No Limit had a reputation for being like hustlers and being about vibes and not being about bars. And she would say to Master P, listen, man, we need to get some spitters on the team. And so she started bringing in guys that she would know from like, just barring with them from around the way and that. And these guys were killing it. And um, and I remember, I remember Snoop Dogg, yeah, when he joined and he dropped a couple of bangers. Like, I don't think I really rated his first album that much, but the second album he did on um, No Limit, or the third one, like, one of his No Limit albums was hard, bro. And he had, like, Sea Murder was on, Sea Murder was going hard. Because that's the thing, like, I think the general perception of No Limit is that they weren't really that great at making music. But yeah. just sold loads of copies and made loads of money from music. Yeah, that's my perception. Well, yeah, maybe you watch the documentary that your, your perception might change. I'll watch uh, it. Uh, and the, I think that I've, I've watched four out of this five-part series. I don't think the fifth one's out just yet. And I recommend that, man. I think it's absolutely amazing, especially being uh, a black person. You can look at Master P and see a guy who is a living legend, man. A guy who is an incredible businessman. An inspiring character. Uh, I think we can learn from Pete, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great place to take inspiration from. Most definitely. Even on. 
here's something you was interested in. And I, I, I noticed that I went through the group chat the other day and I think I was giving you props and saying, oh, yeah, Ryan told me about this thing. And then I realised I actually shared the thing before you shared the thing. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. I just didn't say nothing. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Just take the credit, innit? Oh, yeah. Put you lot onto this show real quick. <laughs> the talk. Mate, I watched it. I was impressed. Uh, quick question. Did you ever get the talk? Yes. You see, the way my mum was, yeah, she didn't dramatise. Yeah, man. Shout out to Auntie B. Like, she didn't dramatise and, and sit people that we need to have a talk, son. Like, it wasn't mm. that. It, it was, she would give you little nuggets of wisdom, constant daily reminders. It would be like, you know, you're getting ready for school and then she's helping you do up your tie. And then she's saying, um, now you you need to remember that you're going to have to behave yourself and you're going to have to work harder than the white kids because people are going to think that, you know, you're not really as good as them, but, you know, just try your best. It was stuff like that. And and it was, it was constant reminders as well that to, there's nothing wrong with you. Just try your best. Even when I got diagnosed as having a learning disability, mm. Like that could completely crush somebody's confidence. I I can guarantee that there's people out there who got told they had a learning disability, and as soon as they found out, they just stopped trying straight away. It was just like, oh, yeah, well, that's a reason to. Okay, that's why I'm like this. I'm not going to try and prove this is okay. Now I've got yeah, a reason. This, yeah, this is why I'm not good at spelling. This is why I'm not good at reading. This is why, and that's it. There's no point in me doing it. I, I you know, maybe I can get a job where I don't have to read and write. Yeah, so it comes an excuse. But my mum was like, no, just try your best. Just keep trying. You have to try. You have to study hard. It just means you have to study harder than everybody else. That's all. Mm. So I did. <laughs> I mean, um, so, yeah. Maybe my mum had some of that Master P, no limit spirit in her there. And um, I'm telling you, the, watching the talk was, was, was it, I found it, interesting on a level of affirmation and confirmation um like debbie mentioned earlier yeah. that there's certain things that happen when you're black and people might say oh you're just being paranoid yeah chipping your shoulder mate like little microaggressions and like yeah. people doing things but you can't quite put your finger on what's going on and who's done what and why and you know and because yeah. there's no tangible evidence, if you talk to somebody about it, they're going to think, oh, you're just crazy. You're just paranoid. You're making it all up. Yeah. But it isn't. And when you watch the show, you see all of them. They have they have some consistent things that they all say. Um, it's, it's, it's the black experience, man. That's what it is. In that show. The black experience. In that show. And but, what, what did you take from it? Um... My mind was going as I was watching it. I watched it at work. Um, I watched it when I was at work. Uh, and um, it, it did catch my attention. I did start slacking off a little bit. Not going to lie. Cause I just couldn't. I was, I was watching it and thinking back to the times where, like you said, I wasn't sat down and given a talk on this is how things are. This is how things are. My mom would always come back with anecdotes or just certain situations and she, she had to question whether or not this was happening because of her race she couldn't quite put her finger on it and just kind of what we may experience 
Um, so it's not really as like a sit down talk as as in like where did the birds and the bees come from? Well, yeah, all that nonsense. The birds and the bees, not not so much that kind of the period talk or whatever the hell other talks people are supposed to have, but it was much more of a, like a continuous. This is something you you're you're likely to experience, and I started thinking to myself, is is that a good message to put on someone who's coming up? If you think that your race will hold you back, almost as if, um, like you said, with the learning, the, the learning difficulties, you could then use that as, oh, okay, that's, well, that's the reason why. So is, is that harmful to be like, okay, it's not because I haven't tried hard enough, it's because these people have not given me a fair a fair shout because of the colour of my skin. Is this kind of setting you up to kind of, depending on how you take it, can this create, a, can, can this really spur a negative reaction? That's an interesting point. To the point where you say, right, I'm just not going to bother because I'm black and this is how things are going to go. So I was, I was really listening there and really seeing both sides. And, um, having a discussion with people in the office about the talk and its the potential harmful elements of it. I remember one Christmas we were talking, um, everyone, obviously the whole family was there, and we were talking about a John Lewis advert, I think the first John Lewis advert where a black family was featured. It was about a dog jumping on a trampoline, and it received more complaints than any other John Lewis advert ever. Just tons and tons of complaints. Um, and our main argument was receiving complaints because the main focus of the advert was the dog, and you shouldn't highlight the fact that a dog is for Christmas. It's like a dog showing a dog during Christmas times; it could be dangerous. And I was having this discussion. It's like so you and everyone, all the well, all the adults, I call them adults because because they've got twenty years on me. All the adults in the room were like, "This is racist." People are complaining because it's racist because it's a black family and they can't take it. I was like, so it's not because of the dog. But no, they're 100% calling and complaining because they're black. And I said to myself, could, can they not see any... And they literally would not have it. It's like, they see no other way except this is because they're black. I said, that, that's, that sounds kind of sad. That you, can, you, you can't possibly... Like, you can't even entertain the idea that the complaints could be for a reason that aren't racist, aren't racially... Uh, you can't can't fathom that these complaints come from a racist place, or don't come from a racist place, rather. So, yeah, no, I, was, I had a lot of thoughts about about the talk. Um, yeah, where I landed was it's definitely a talk I'm going to have. <laughs> I, I'm, it's, it's a talk that needs to be had. I think that the way that the message is delivered needs to be done really well. Um, I think that it's all about who who the words are coming from and how they're delivered, rather than the, um, the words themselves. Because it's, it's a truth that everyone needs to understand. You're part of a three percent in a country, but you're part of the three percent population of a country that has a mixed history with, with black people, and you're going to experience these things, and you may notice certain things, but understand that you can push through all of it. 
I think, I think that there's there needs to be some sort of we can yes we can kind of like the, the Obama um, his campaign message of yes we can or time I'm pretty sure it's yes we can it's like you can yeah. you can you can you can do these things you can you can do all of this um, yeah I, I think that just, the, the, this talk is something that um, people should have. I mean, you asked me if I had the talk. Did you have it? No, no, I, I never had the talk. It was just like, like, just like you, it was a collection of moments of this is how things may be. This is how things may be for you. You may experience this or this. This. Or my mum more time was being like, this is what happened to me. I went to the shop and I gave this guy my five pound note. Um, in his hand but when it came to giving the change to me he dropped it from a height or he just put it on the counter and pushed it it was like <clears throat> certain things that you, you you do and it's like why haven't you done that with the person in front of me why haven't you done that with the person behind me why are you dropping the coins in my hand but then you know pretty much saying safe to everyone that comes into the shop what makes me different it's like okay so she would give us little things like that and little little stories and then say, yeah, because you know, we are slightly different in this country. And the idea that there even has to... Well, some people say, oh, it's too early to talk about that stuff. When's a good age to talk about it? Oh, no, it's too early. It's too early. It's like, we don't really have that choice. That's a luxury we don't have. That's a privilege we don't have. So, like, uh, the sex talk. Okay, once they start having periods, once they start getting boners, you have that sex talk. It's like, no, you're, you are immediately black. And you may be in a situation where your race is a reason you're being attacked and you need to, or not even being attacked, a reason you're being treated differently. So the luxury of being able to decide when you have that talk is, that, that is, in, a, in, a, in and of itself is a privilege, man. Not having to have it and then, boy. Mm. But yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a good show. Inspired thought and definitely rattled a few people on social media who were like, oh, I wish they... You still with us, Ryan? Hello? Ryan? Um, okay, we might have just lost Ryan there. And it's one of those ones where we've lost Debbie, our battery's died. And if we've lost Ryan now as well, for whatever reason, we should probably call it a day. We definitely got into overtime. Muted. Ah, uh, you, you muted yourself by accident? No, I was here the whole time. <laughs> oh, I couldn't hear you. Oh, bro, no, I was, I was asking you a question. Literally been here the whole time. I was just like started talking um... all over you. <laughs> no, I could... you stopped talking for me. Could you not hear me talking just now? No, what did you say? I was saying, I was wrapping up the show. I was like, okay, oh, no, just no, lost I Ryan. Yeah, I heard that part. I heard that part. When was the last time you heard me? Ah, uh, I think the last thing you said you were you were talking about um, the talk basically, and you were saying um, um, it's not a privilege that we get to have where we get to decide when's too early to have that talk. Yes, yeah, like it's a privilege to have even not have ever had that talk. Yeah, it's a privilege to to not be, not have that talk. It's a privilege to decide when's too early. 
Um, oh no, it's too they're too too young to hear about that. I've got people saying that their, their six year old is too young to hear about it, and then literally in the same conversation, their son comes over, and they start telling us a story. And um, this is this is <laughs> this is a hundred percent factual. Happened on on Thursday, talking about it being maybe too early to talk about race and certain things and yada yada yada. And then a friend of mine's son came over, and they said um, one of their friends said. Uh, what are you doing this weekend or something? And she said, oh, my dad's friends are coming over. And then she said, oh, um, I'm not coming over to your house then. I'm not hanging out with your dad's friends because they're black and that means they're bad. Do you understand that? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> That's something that he heard as a six-year-old. He hadn't told anyone. But everyone's first, like, his parents' first time hearing it was in that moment. So there's kind of... There's... Kind of, there's it's a privilege not being not not actually having to have the talk, and it's a privilege to decide when's a good time to have those important life talks. It's an absolute privilege. So, the privilege being, for example, the privilege on deciding the talk can be, um, you know, your you and your child are maybe in an area where your child doesn't have any contentious drama. There's there hasn't been any issue where you've been forced to have the talk, mm. um, and you know, like you might have thought, oh, I would wait till they're older. I would like to have that talk with them when they're like ten, eleven, twelve at least. But you know, a six-year-old, like you just said, could end up in a, in a situation where they need to have the talk. Hundred percent. I'd have. I've, I, I experienced racism very early, five, four, five. Mm. And I remember, I was like, what the hell is this? I remember I went back into my house and I repeated it and everyone was like, what the hell are you saying? I had to come back into the house repeating things I'd heard out. I was saying the C word. I was literally, everything that I heard, I'd come back into the house and it's, yeah, yeah. It's a privilege to decide when your children, even, I doubt why people ever get sat down to get told, look, there's people that don't look like you that live in this country <laughs> and you're going to experience oh, them in your presence. Do you, could you imagine that on the, in the reverse? There's people that, aren't like you in this country. It's, it's nuts, isn't it? I doubt this conversation has had. The ever. thing is, it's, it's because it's, it, I often think sometimes when, when we're talking about this kind of scenario of how it is in other countries where white people are the minority. So, you know, my parents are from Ghana, so I often go back to, to thinking of how would it be? How would the societal construct be in Ghana? Could a white person experience racism there? But then I always come back to the same answer. The answer is no. And the reason why <laughs> is because of white supremacy. So they would be, you know, Jesus is white. All these people are worshipping Jesus. There's a lot of religious people in Ghana. You know, this person having white skin puts them closer to that level that Jesus is on. They, yes. they, are, they would be worshipped. For one white person in a room full of black people in a country like Ghana would probably have a whole lot of respect, would be worshipped, would be pushed forward for, for greatness. Here's a question. Um, God created man in his, his image. Um, what if you go to the church and the only faces you see are white? Well, what does that make people who aren't white then? Are you not men? Well, what are you? Well, well, who yeah. created you then? The devil? That's when black figures start to come in when you start talking about devils and demons and 
and uh, ghosts and all this other kind of shit. Yeah, it's, um, you already said like the child thinks that black is bad, you know. Hundred percent. It's like the doll test, isn't it? Which one's the good doll? Which one's the bad doll? Trust me, you know which one looks like you. Shh. Oh, the, the black doll looks like me. Okay, but are you bad? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Unlearn. This is this is the this is this is the type of time for unlearning. A, a time for unlearning, man. I'm glad you said that, man, because I was I, like. I was saying in the group chat the other day that I don't want to read that. I don't particularly think it's useful for people like me to read that book. Why I'm no longer talking to white people about race. Yeah. Because I don't think that there's much that I need to unlearn. You know, there, there probably will be some learning experiences for me in that book. And there probably will be some things that will rile me up and make me think, you see, that's exactly the kind of bullshit I'm talking about. Um, mm. So I've kind of been putting off reading it forever. But I do think it's important for non-black people to read it, especially white people in positions of influence and positions of power, like hiring managers, that kind of thing. And especially the kind of white people that say, I'm not racist. Because it's... It, Okay, you're not racist by your definition, but read this book and find out what a black person's, a learned black person's definition of racism is. Yeah, yeah, because too, too often sure in this country, you will find there's yeah. something you need to unlearn, and there's something that maybe you even need to stop doing, or yeah. there's something you need to start doing. Probably 100%. But admitting that you have a problem is, is one of the hardest things in the first place. So you have to. Or even be prepared to have that conversation or be prepared to kind of enter into that space of learning about something that isn't, you know. Yeah. Natural, I, no, I hate you. Issue. I hate you, man. And it's, it takes it's, 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 it's a time, it's a time right now where there's so many things happening that I never thought. I, 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 I thought, you know, I often look into the future and I often think there's certain things I could envisage happening at some point. But there's some things I just think, man, I could never see this happen. Where we are now, I'd never saw this happening in my lifetime. I'd hoped that, you know, if I had a youth, that it would happen in my son's lifetime or, you know, whatever my gender my child is, um, it would happen in their lifetime. But it's happening now, man. And it's just a beautiful thing to see it, to be here to witness it. And who knows, bro? Like these shows, like the talk, could that that's on available on Channel Four. If you want to watch that, it's on Four on Demand. It's called the Talk. It features prominent Black people um, in youth culture. Let's say people like um, the guy, the Black guy from JLS. I don't even know his name. That probably sounds mad racist to say it like his that. His name is black Marvin guy from Humes. JLS. Marvin Humes. I'm not into JLS, so yeah, it's that guy. Um, Tiny Tempers in it. Amelie Sande. Is it Emily or Amile? There's like a um, accent on the end of her. her e. Just yes, yes. Yes. Yes, that, that is how it is. You said exactly right at that time. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Rochelle uh, Humes. Rochelle Humes. That's not well about Marvin's uh, other half. Rochelle from the Saturdays. S Club 8. See, I'm not into pop music, so I don't know who some of these people are. I'm sorry. It's fine, it's fine. It's not my area of interest. But yeah. but they're all prominent people. They're all great Brits, black ones. And they have this collective experience of what it is to be black in Britain. And the show is about that. And, well, one aspect of that. 
anyway. Yes. And for me, the like the the most powerful part was um, I'm I'm always bad with names. I forget the actor's name. The the, the guy who played um, Morgan in The Walking Dead. Lenny James. Yeah, Len- Lenny James, absolute G. Smash Rate him, brother. Lenny James and Robbie G in Snatch, my favourite comedy duo. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Lenny James, go ahead. Top boy, top boy, top boy. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's one of my favourite actors for sure. And he absolutely 100%. smashed his, his, talk, his talk in the talk. Like, he was kind of like interviewed by, it looked like a Skype interview. And yeah, he, he talked about, you know, growing up and fighting in schools and and the well, the one powerful part that really stuck with me is when he talked about going abroad going to like yeah. the his place of origin if you like you know in the west indies or in the caribbean um and how and how it felt and how great it felt just being surrounded by black people people that look like him all the time like and to some of us that born and raised here will never know what that feels like unless we leave to to be in a place where you know, as soon as you come off the plane, the, the you know, like the flight attendants are black, the pilots yeah. are black, yeah. the the baggage handlers black. You know, like you get in the the taxi, the, the taxi driver's black. You go and stay in a hotel, the hotel manager's black. Everybody's black. You know, and and you're not going to experience racism really because everybody's that that your whole experience is going to be different. And then he Bruh. talks about c- coming back. Um, so it seemed like he was going to chip in there with something. No, you're above. Just you're just feeling it. You're just this, like this, bars. Bars, <laughs> bars. This, this, this point. Everything you're saying is the exact same moment. I was like, what, bro? Yes, because I went to Jamaica. I'm half Asian, half Jamaican. I've been Barbados, and it wasn't. I went Barbados and came back. It didn't really phase me. But Barbados is very, let's say, westernized. Let's say westernized. It's very much been touched by America. And you feel it. When I went to Jamaica now... What do you mean Westerners? You got, you got like a Burger King? You got a McDonald's up in there? It's or? just very clean. Well, and this like, You is got where... someone with a Confederate flag talking about... This is, you're not taking this my is guns the... away from me? This is where the Royals... This is where the Royals go to vacation. Like Prince Charles is there with... Like it's, it's, it's very clean, straight roads, no potholes. Just okay. really nice and sterile in it. Okay. Now, Jamaica. When I went to Jamaica and I came and I saw... And also there's... There's a mix of people in Barbados. When I went to Jamaica and I went to my family's areas in Jamaica, and like you said, you see nothing but people who look like you in every mm. single building. It's just, it's just completely. Bl- Where you, you coming from? Jamaica and Barbados. Nah, specifically in Jamaica. That's, uh, one place called Bluefields. Okay. And then my granddad lived in, in Spanish Town, which is... I heard of Spanish Town. That's supposed to be the hood. Greasy. My granddad lived in the Greece. Wait, 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 wait is, this, is this Gaza or, or Galicia? I don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't care because I wasn't... I didn't subscribe to it. If you're not a part of that world, you're not involved in more that time it will leave you alone. Exactly. No passer passer for me. Just left, leave me and let me do my thing. So, yeah. No, it was, it was mad seeing a society where everyone there looks like you. Everyone there is black. And it's just like, um, I, feel, I feel completely different. And then when, like Lane James said, when it was time to fly and come home mm. and you stepped off the plane and it's like, right, I'm now right back to being a minority. I'm now right. And I spent three, week, I was, I spent three weeks in Jamaica. So after two weeks, you're settled. 
So when I came back, yeah. and I was just like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm once again a minority, and I'm once again surrounded by people who aren't holding the door for me, people who aren't saying sorry when they step on your foot, people who... It's just like, this is right back to being on alert. Powerful. It's it's right back to being on alert. I don't know what sort of bullshit I'm going to face when I step off this this train. Powerful. And the thing is, if you never had that experience, you probably wouldn't be able to comprehend what we're talking about. But I had a similar experience when I went to Ghana. And like you say, and and you're there for weeks at a time. And then you come back. And, and, and the way Lenny described it, I wouldn't even be able to describe it like the way that he put it into words. Had gravity, in it? Ah, oh, man. He said, like, it, it, you know, his whole body tensed up. And he yeah. was like, and it was like, it was, it was like a, you know, like one of those unconscious kind of reactions. Almost like how people say when a, when a, when a, when a parent's child is in danger, they kind of flooded with adrenaline and they can do all these superhuman feats of strength and endurance and stuff. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of something like that. Like his body just tensed up and just made him feel like, right, time to prepare for the struggle and prepare, for, prepare. And it was just like, wow, that's, but that's just how we walk down the street. We don't even realize it. We're, we're just on alert. We're on guard. We're, we're just, you know? Yeah. Just tense, bro. It's it. And I, I felt that because, like I said, with me, the feeling was immediate. I, I knew exactly where I was and my position in within that society. And this was, yeah, this is after feeling comfortable for how long. So the talk, yeah, the talk is a dope show, man. Uh, go and watch it. And after you watch it, be even more bemused that people can be deniers <laughs> that this is a racist country, that we even face racism in this country. It's like, how many people would it take for them to sit down in front of a camera and say, look, this is how I feel and these are the things that I've experienced within this country? Ah, nonsense. It's not that bad. If you went, if you went to bloody, go to North Korea and tell me if you like how racist, how, how like life there then. If you don't like it, leave. But like, little shit like that. It just, just constantly in denial about everything that we experience. Uh, yeah, watch that show. We talk. I just tried to Google Boris Johnson white supremacy, yeah, because I, I wanted to find... I'm pretty sure it, recently, during this current climate, he's come out and he's said black lives matter and he's acknowledged white supremacy, but, but he kind of qualified it with saying, I don't believe we're in a racist country, but, you know, ABC, XYZ. I was looking for the quote, but I'm not even getting anything like that. I'm getting boris johnson's long Bro. record of sexist homophobic and racist like, yeah, of uh, the fact he's the fact he even shaped his mouth to say british britain isn't a racist country is beside me but that's because a lot of people over here think that being racist is calling you the n-word which i, which I hate saying i hate saying the n-word um the n-word and i'm not talking about the actual racist term itself i mean the 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 safety, the, the safety, yeah, yeah. yeah but you didn't care yeah. when um, when that reporter came out and said said the N word on the BBC. You didn't really care no, about I didn't. that. No, I didn't. I didn't because and because my reasons and my my reasoning being, I want the white population of this country to hear that word, and I want it to have an uncomfortable. I want I want it to make them uncomfortable. It should make you uncomfortable. You got it's because they really don't think that this is happening on a daily basis. 
they don't think that there's people in this country are calling other people the N-word. Because they just get to move around with the N-word. Oh, is he, oh he said the N-word. <gasps> the N-word. It's like, no. He said, I'm not going to say it, <laughs> because um, I'm going to respect certain, certain people's wishes. But um, the outrage behind it, um, I was like, I kind of, I kind of want them to say it. People, are, <laughs> people, people are in real denial. I want, like I said, you know, you know, you hear these stories about someone uh, getting caught smoking a cigarette, and their dad says, "All right, cool. Now smoke the whole box." I want you to, if you say it, I want you to say it until you feel sick. I want you to say it till you, your, your tongue <laughs> runs out of muscle. I want you to say it till you can't move your mouth anymore. Say I don't it. Know if it's gonna feel, work like that, man. Bruv, fill your mouth with it, bruv. I, want, oh, I, I need people to understand that it's, it is already normalized. People are saying it on a daily basis, not just in their house, but to other people. And it should make you feel uncomfortable when you hear it. I want you to be uncomfortable every time you hear it, so you actually get up and actually do something about it. Because right found, now, people are very comfortable just saying the N word and moving on with their lives. I found um, that the speech that Boris made a couple of months ago. So it's actually on the gov.uk website, published on the 8th of June, titled Prime Minister Message on Black Lives Matter. So I remember when he made the speech, I listened to it, and this is a transcript of the speech. Uh, and it says in commas, in brackets, exactly as it was delivered. And there's one bit where he says here, um, this country has made huge strides. I remember the 1970s and the horror of the National Front. I truly believe that we are a much, much less racist society than we were in many ways, far happier and better. But we must also frankly acknowledge that there is so much more to do in eradicating prejudice and creating opportunity. And the government I lead is committed to that effort. And so I say, yes, you are right. We are all right to say black lives matter. And to all those who have chosen to protest peacefully and who have insisted on social distancing, I say, yes, of course, I hear you and I understand. Uh, oh, okay. The, the str- oh, God. This country's made great strides. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, if a pack of crisps is now 10% less sugar, it's, or even 20% less sugar, or less salt, sorry. <laughs> it's, 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 made, it's, made, it's made movements. It just still doesn't mean that there's not 100 grams of salt in the bloody crisps. Oh, here's a here's a here's a can of 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 cola. Now, twenty percent less less sugar. It's still got enough sugar to kill you, but you know it's now less. It's just it's just wording, man. That's a that's, that's a bit sensationalist, there, isn't it? It's just wording, exaggerating a bit there. It's just, it's, just, yeah, it's, just, it's just it's just wording. It's just wording. We've made significant strides. It's a lot. It's a lot better than no. People are just slyer. People just had, have had to change the way. That they express their racism. You're right. It's gone underground, hasn't it? It's gone. It's it's very passive now. But I do I do like what Boris has said in this speech. He said, um, "I believe that we are a much less racist society than we were." So let's remember that we used to auction slaves and and shit like that. So he was talking about he, but he, but he specifically compared it to the seventies. 
Yeah, and uh, yeah, he does talk about the 70s, but he says, you know, we're, we're less racist than we were. And he's right to say that. But what he doesn't say... Being bit, that sorry, we being, are being, not, being, what he doesn't oh say is God. we are not racist. He says we're less racist. He didn't even say we're, we're less racist. He just said that we've made significant strides. No, he didn't say less. He said we've made significant strides, taken significant strides. He said both. That, he said we're much less... We're a much less racist society than we were. And then it goes on to say, um, you know, uh, that he acknowledges that there's much more to do, that we need to eradicate prejudice and we need to create opportunities. Ah, cool. Yes. Acknowledgement that there's less to do. uh, Sorry, that there's more to do as opposed to actually acting and being like, okay, let's actually do something. I do have uh, uh, all these words. I don't. It's just words, bro. It's just words. I acknowledge. Bro. Okay, what now? Bro, you acknowledge. I, I, <laughs> I acknowledge. I acknowledge. There's a tumor in my in my right testicle. Cool. Now we're just going to keep on moving, bro. Bro, you've acknowledged it. Cool. Now do uh, something about man. it, bro. I feel like we've gone past podcasting. It's just turning to us just having a chat, man. Nah, bro. We're cutting now. This is about to. This is about to get dark. Is this progressive? Off, everyone. Have we just no, pressed, no, no, no. Progressive podcasting, bro. Like, right now, we're just going off get to that point where it just turns into some real shit. Like, <laughs> breaking free, man. It's time for me to let loose. Oh, I've been holding man. back this whole time. They ain't ready for the real. Allow it. Um, where, where are we? Where are we? We're, 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 we've gone through so much, and there's so much that we haven't gone through yet, and we've been going for so long. I am actually knackered. I'm sweating, bro. I'm going to eat. In order to have the best possible sound quality, I've closed all of the windows and I've shut off the fan. So for the Ooh. last couple of hours, I have been sweating. You wonder why I'm here naked? I'm sweating. Bro, I'm going to eat my dinner. I feel like one of those miners in the um, in that 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 TV show, Chernobyl, just mining away at like 50 degree temperatures, butt naked. <laughs> Did you watch Chernobyl? Have you seen that? 100%. I watched it when it came out. It was amazing. It's amazing. the best TV I've ever seen. It is. It is incredible. It's the best TV I've ever seen. Huh? HBO really know how to make a TV show, man. Yeah, they do. I think they're, 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 they're held by the normal constraints that other TV channels are. They don't get their money. Well, I suppose they don't get the bulk of their money from uh, nonsense advertisers. I think everyone knows what they're about. And it's like, okay, cool. That's what we're getting, well, that's, that's what we're getting into. They're going to have sex, they're going to have violence, and this is just what it is. For real. Lots of new music out. The Dalai Lama dropped a mixtape called In the World. Um, Logic In the world. Dropped, dropped No Pressure, his last ever album. Ten years of rap. He's hanging up his boots. Cool. Safe, it seems, man. It seems like a, a mental health kind of thing there, like where he's just retiring early to preserve his sanity. Um, similar to uh, Sherla did, the ex-Chelsea player. Retired at 29 years old. Shout out to him. Listen, preserve yourself, your men, preserve your mental. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you may have fans who love you and love you. Ah, oh, come back, come back, come back. But can't help you in the long run, bro. Take care of your ass. But... I love hearing stuff like that, man. Look after number one. All the best to you, Logic, and your family. You know, he even has one song on there where he calls his fans a bunch of cunts, which I think was hilarious. Um, I don't think many people picked up on that. But he did take the piss out of his fans uh, for getting on his back too much. Um, yeah, well, they are. 
Well, yeah, yeah. it's not everyone that's as candid as that. Um, somebody who has a whole lot of fans is Beyonce. She's dropped The Lion King, The Gift. Not sure if you had a chance to check that out yourself, Ryan. No, I'm over it. I'm over everything. Like since Beyonce was in the Lion King, I feel like that's all she's done. I don't want to hear anything else. Wow. Can we just get back to doing. No, I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I haven't even um, seen it. I, bro, I pop culture. That no, the Lion King is okay. The the, the original was obviously better, but the Lion King never really struck a chord with me anyway. Back in the day. All right. Well, this is the deluxe version, and I tell you, it is absolutely impressive like I'm not the hugest fan of Beyonce's music but this this body of work is very impressive she's gone back to the motherland like I think I joked on Twitter that uh, she did like a 23 and me and found out she was a Ghanaian or something next thing you know she's got a song with Shatawale and she's working with uh, it's the ambassador and stuff like this um, bro it must be mad for Americans who have no links to their lineage like it stops at like Mississippi. It's like, where are you from? I'm from Mississippi. You know, where are you from? From yeah, Mississippi. So for them to like kind of go back and find their roots, we're spoiled. We are privileged to know where we come from, brother. Have a place we call back home. Even say Jamaica or Barbados, that's a privilege. Even though it's only the halfway point. Um, oh, this is why. Even this that's is why Ludacris was was going back to to Africa, man. He went back. I think. I, I think. I might be wrong here. I think it was Senegal the country he went to, or Gambia. No, no, no. Gambia. I Gambia. Somewhere around there. And um, yeah, I, I did see some of the videos he like on his Instagram and stuff. He had a great time over there, went there with his family, reconnected with his roots. And then he did an interview about it with Double XL. They asked him about his experience. It just seemed like the most beautiful experience. It's, I, I would I would compare that kind of experience to uh, when Muslims go to Mecca and they kind of feel like they found themselves. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's it's like a pilgrimage back back to the place of your ancestors. I think we all need to do that, man. We do. It must be a great experience. Oh. Wait, uh, I'm saying that like I've never been to Ghana. I have, uh, but I just haven't done the whole go down to Cape Coast and go and look at the um, the slave auction sites and really, you know, really do it like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Beyonce done the thing. The versus battles happened. Rick Ross versus Two Chines. Uh, yes. You catch that? I saw some of it. I, did, I, couldn't, I couldn't get through all of it because um, for me, versus versus has lost its shine. Because um, I don't want to see rappers just press play and sit down. And then when they get tired, they're just sat down, just sipping two, two drinks and not even spitting over their tunes, just vibing. I'm like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to see this. This is not what I'm here for. If we're doing a verses, I want to see... And, and they peaked. They absolutely peaked at Bounty, Man, Bounty, Bounty Killer vs. Beanie Man. They peaked... At B, sorry, Beanie Man vs. Bounty Killer. That was their peak. And then they kind of, they they popped up again with uh, John Legend vs. Alicia Keys. Since then, I don't want to see... I haven't see even that. seen that. Bro, it's, it's deep. Because they're actually there, they're singing live, and they're playing instruments. Oh, they're okay, playing piano to get singing. It's, bro, it's good, bro, it's good. I don't want to see, I, I don't want to see these rappers do it, bro. Especially when the rappers, they're not even picking their best tunes. I feel like... 
me and Wanda could do better at this. I'm like, who's picking your tunes? Who's picking your tunes? <laughs> but uh... <laughs> there was a whole lot of random scratching, and the DJ was dropping all this Maybach music samples. Like it was, it was a bit. What are you actually doing? But um, it was a strange clash that one. I did think that, like you say. It wasn't one of the best because we've already seen some some real top 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 clashes. Even Snoop versus DMX was dope. Like from the perspective of it, of that whole the era they came from, where the West Coast was against the East Coast, and decades later they can come together as brothers. You know what I mean? And they've had a brotherly relationship anyway, which you could see they were telling little stories and stuff, and there was a lot of mutual respect between the two like Snoop would drop a song and X would go mad for it and X would drop a song Snoop would go mad for it and and that's and I think that's what we love to see about these versus battles that's why sometimes it's not a sound crash to see who's the best like yeah. I think I think um Timberland and Swiss Beats are strategically picking people who have affinity together people who have a great relationship together yeah. and they're putting them together for that reason to show everybody look at the love that that we have in our, in hip hop culture, um, mm. because maybe because maybe that hip hop culture hasn't shown that to the world yet. Of course not, uh, for, for, because it's still very much synonymous with, with beefs and clashes and going at each other. It's still with that element of where it came from, which is the battle. Mm. So um, yeah, it's good to show some unity, man. Especially during yeah. these times where everyone's all mashed up yeah. and everyone hates each other. It's it's maybe it's maybe busting some myths there. Maybe there's a myth buster because maybe people think when there's a sound clash or when there's a battle, it's a beef thing and people are going to draw for the strap and it's going to be a whole lot of brrr and a whole lot of you know what I mean pushing and shoving and it's not it's not about violence. It's just about the music, man. And you can see that even though like when Beanie Man and um even though Bounty Beanie Killer. Man and Bounty Killer were going at it and they were going hard, they were trying to have the best tunes. They still loved each other. It was still a brotherhood. They were still arm in arm singing songs like throughout the night. Um, you know, so it's competition. It's friendly competition. Um, and honestly, I thought Rick Ross and 2 Chainz, that's going to be hella one-sided. Like Rick Ross is just going to drop all this body him. And all of this maybe. Yeah, but then you realise that 2 Chainz actually has slappers. Not really. I mean, he, he. I always knew he had one and two tunes, but Rick Ross has got like ten and eleven tunes. That's the difference. And yeah, Rick, Rick Ross is quality yeah. is on a whole different level. I I think that he, I think actually I'd say this. I don't think there's been a hip hop artist ever who has had a better selection of beats. Wow. I think that. Rick Ross's beat selection is num- the number one. I don't think, literally in history, I don't think there's been a better um, selection of beats than Rick Ross. The thing is, I'm, I'm not even going to attempt to argue with you because he makes some of the most incredible music. That Justice League production, mm. Mm, man, it's like they got a whole orchestra and a band every time yes, they sit down to make you feel something. You know? And his tone of voice just sits nicely. It's not now this new nonsense flipping oh, just bass and eight oh eight. It's just class. classy. Like, that that classy. whole series of Maybach music records. Um, I think I lost count at Maybach music four. 
So he does Maybach Music 1, Maybach Music 2. Like, like it was like almost like every time he bought an album, there was a Maybach Music song on the album. And it was yeah. just, it was the typical with the Justice League production and, and then the guitars and, and the strings and, you know what I mean? In that elaborate arrangement. Mm-hmm. Damn. And, and in The Clash, he dropped a couple of them tunes as well where you're just like, damn. And, then, and, and it's like this big old long intro <laughs> creeping Bro, into Superhero the music. That's yes. what it is, bro. That's what it is. And it, and there was it's this bit where he, music. he even brought out a masseuse. <laughs> like, he's got this long-ass 60-second intro, like, building up for, to the song to start. And then the masseuse is bringing out oil and wiping down. And I'm thinking, if you're two chains, what the hell are you going to do right now? Like, we, we could even say... Smoke? And then he just, and then after about a minute of getting a massage, and Russ just starts rapping, and it's just like, fuck it, you know, man. he's literally the biggest boss you've ever seen thus far. He's not, he's not, he's not, he's not, but he's definitely doing bits. No, man, Russ is the biggest boss that you've seen thus far. I'm not having any of it, man. I love no, it. The, the biggest boss you've seen, you wouldn't even recognize it. He's probably just like a homeless man. That's because I haven't seen him, innit? No, you have. He's probably just dressed like when. Trousers from Primark. You just well, n- never know his well. I've noticed him. Hey, hey, bruv. I'm going to eat dinner. I'm going. This is, this is definitely a three-hour recording. Yep, 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 yep. Let me just quickly see where we're up to. Um, we've pretty much ticked every single box apart from video games and sport, but I guess we don't need to talk too much about the FIFA 21 trailer and Fulham winning the playoffs. Uh, Fulham. Yeah, shout out to Fulham. Come back to West London and get your ass handed to you. Oh, yeah, I can't. Um, you're a Chelsea fan. I'm Chelsea, so we'll come come back to the Premier League, come back to West London and get your ass handed to you. We'll see. We'll see. Um, that's Chelsea, London, West London's finest. Guys. So hopefully, when you go to Craven Cottage, you'll be dropping points because these guys will be playing out of their skin, trying to beat their local rivals. I love the sound of that. I don't want to hear anything from you about dropping points. Why are you starting, man? Sorry, man. I've got such war with Arsenal fans lately. Well, I mean, you know we just won the cup at your expense and you're talking to me about points. Yeah, no, that's your level. Uh, level. That's your level. All right, you know what, yeah? I've been your host, Cal Serious. <laughs> this has been Ryan. Uh, yeah, I've been all right. I've, I'm, I'm going to do some thinking. Uh, shout out to Debbie, man. Shout out to Debbie. Shout some, out to Debbie. She says some, she says, she says some things we're going to go... I'm gonna think about. Yeah. Because um, she yeah she she provokes for. Um, shout out to her. She's that kind of girl, man. And um, yeah, so I'm definitely gonna be hollering at Debbie. Hopefully, we'll get her back on again. Um, I'm looking forward to getting you back on again, right? Listen, leave me alone. I'm gonna go eat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you do that, peoples. You know where to get us at beer rap bants on the socials. Um, at Ryan 2.5 or whatever he's calling himself. That's not it. That's not it. Please do not plug any sort Sometimes of Ryan. personal Instagram or anything. Listen, everyone, just go to Don't Be a Dick podcast. Um, don't don't worry about me as an individual. Um, I speak on behalf of uh, Billy Stone. Uh, everything everything you heard today, these are not my thoughts. Um, and if I said anything out of, out of hand during this podcast, allegedly. Look at the disclaimer. Oh, <laughs> just to protect myself, allegedly, to everything I've just said. God. All right, Ryan. Great having you on, brother. <laughs> yeah, safe time for me, G. I'm gone.
Yeah. Peace. Peace.